version 2.0 i am dan this is episode 193 the guys are here say hi guys hi hi what's Nick. going on dan justin what's up jesse is it hot enough for you do you like the heat oh, oh i like it man. dude yeah summer is here in full force and i don't know how all the warm weather dicks do it i don't either because i'm over it dude <laughs> like I, i'm i'm ready for some rain you're, you're over everything all the time. You're one of those guys where it's Bring like, the rain. it's too hot. Dude, it's too cold. I can't feel anything. It's been raining I never weeks. have a problem with too cold, dude. That's you. <laughs> I do that. That's why I'm not complaining right now. Well, Justin is the one that bitches about the rain all the time. Do I? Yeah, remember? Well, you may not have lately, but remember back a while. It was Nick who was always telling you to put on your big girl panties and just fly. Oh, and I will fly in the rain if it's not heavy enough. Whatever. <laughs> but see, here's the deal. As much of, of a cold pussy as Nick is, mm-hmm. and and this is nice hey, for I'm you, Hey, I'm offended Nick, right? by that word. I need you to reconsider the use of that word. Yeah. Cold? That's... <laughs> 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 it seems like that's the thing to do these days. What you're is to be offended, down, Dan. I think I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, and I'm just going to find shit to be offended about all the time, all the time, everything. And then no I'm going to let what. everybody on Facebook know about it. Yeah, that's offensive. That is offensive. That's offensive Don't, in itself. Yeah, I just stop there. <laughs> stop. Change the topic. So, who wants to go first? Did anybody do anything exciting? I wasn't. I played hooky last week. You did. I told you guys so I went to a fun fly, first. but I didn't really go. I just stayed home and drank beer. And I want to hear about the fun fly, dude. Watched like 32 straight hours of Megyn Kelly. That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awkward for who? <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, man. Oh, Tell you that wow. right now. <laughs> no, I went to Dieter's fun fly. And? <laughs> I... <sighs> I didn't fly at all. What? No. What? It was kind of like being pushed into a pizza oven. It was hot and it was it was oppressive <laughs> and offensive. <laughs> it was offensively hot at Dieter's Fun Fly. Dude, I I sense a little bit of complaining. A little bit. All right. So, first of all, you know, certainly the weather, nothing you can do about it. May rain, it may be 120 degrees, or it may be nice. And apparently, it was unseasonably hot. Typically, they, they were saying the weather this time of year up there is mid, 
80s, maybe 90 on a hot day. I think we hit 106. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Wow. And, you know, those are the kind of days where it's like, well, geez, I would kill for a breeze. Well, the breeze felt a little bit like being in the exhaust uh, (laughs) of like a turbo, you know, like a... (laughs) Like a, some kind of a big jet, or it was just hot. I mean, the wind was hot, and we were drinking water like it was. I mean, just everybody. It was just crazy. But you know, it was fun to see everybody. Um, did take one heli, took the seven hundred nitro, because you know all I had to do was put a saddle servo in it, right? Didn't even want to do that. Luckily <laughs> for me, Sean Hempel was there. Luckily or unluckily, depends on how you look at it. i can't wait to hear this so sean you know he he was adamant he was like dude we got to get that heli flying and i'm like yeah you know i i get that i do and i really do want to get it flying and i was kind of you know i was like you know this is it's a good time but you know when it's pushing 95 degrees at 8 30 in the morning dude it's it's tough to want to do that kind of shit, right? You just, all you're thinking about is how do I get out of the heat? So we started working on it, uh, in the afternoon on Saturday and, uh, we were having some issues. Um, couldn't get the throttle server to work and yada, yada, yada. We ended up getting another throttle server, still having a few issues, tried a couple icons. And I said, let's, let's wrap this up guys. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just too hot. And he reluctantly did that. Uh, so I went down to talk to Larry and he comes trolling down there and he goes, Hey, uh, do you mind if I grab your radio? I'm like, uh, sure. So I'm going to grab that heli too. And I'm like, dude, it's too hot. He insisted. And I bet you he put, I would say five hours into that helicopter. Larry did? No, no, no. Sean. Sean, okay. Sean and Pete. I don't know if you guys know Pete. And I totally forget Pete's last name, but it's a friend of Sean's. Lives in roughly the same area as Sean. Yeah, I think I know Pete. He flies Mikado, flies really good. He's super smooth. Unlike Sean. His new nickname is Corners. We're just going to start calling Sean Corners. Sean, Sean <laughs> Corners Hempel. <laughs> no, Sean flies real well. We know that. But I got to tell you, his buddy Pete is just, you know, kind of that same style as Nick and smooth and intentional. And, you know, Jesse flies like that as well. But I, you know, no offense, Jesse, but I kind of fond of Nick's flying style. You're right with we that? know. We know. Yeah, and you're fond of everything, Nick, dude. No. There's a lot of times that Nick and I don't get along. <laughs> 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 so anyway, we, you know, uh, Pete and I did help and it's not that I couldn't do it, but I, I got to be honest, guys, I just didn't want to do it. Right. I just didn't want to be dealing with it. But Sean is pretty persistent and I kind of feel like when he has a challenge in front of him, he just doesn't like to give up until it's, until it's solved. Right. And sure enough, they got it. They got it all going, so it's it's ready to rock. And I barely did anything but stare at them while they were working on it. I I'd say you you made out on. I the did deal, make dude. out, right? 
That's like a that's like a win-win for me. So what you basically have to do is you show up to the next fun fly with an unbuilt kit exactly. and all the equipment and you start <laughs> sure whining about Oh man, I wish I could <laughs> it's too fly. Hot. It's too hot. <laughs> I don't feel like doing anything. I should have just brought all of them. I should have brought all six of my helis. Yeah. And laid them down in front <laughs> of you. Have them all going right now. They'd all be flying right now. Mm. But no, we got it going, and and you know, I was really impressed with Dieter's event. I I you know weather aside, and obviously, there's nothing that can be done about that. Uh, the president of the club, it's a very nice field. It's right across from the Silverwood theme park, right? And it was the Silver Hills Fun Fly, I believe. I yeah. get the two mixed up. So it was, it's Silver, because we got it mixed up last yeah, week too. Yeah, It's Silver Hills, I believe, so, uh, Fun Fly. But the theme park is Silverwood. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can see it. It's right there. It's right across the road. And... You know, considering I thought it was a pretty good turnout. I think they were right at 30 pilots. And, you know, a lot of the usual faces from the Northwest were there. Mm -hmm. And and, um, here's the cool thing. Two guys, uh, one guy that I met from Canada, his name's Brian. Um, If I understood that right, he actually planned his family vacation to coincide there, right? Nice. So his kids and his wife were over enjoying the the water park. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, and you you just stayed over there sitting in the heat when there's a water park right across. Well, he you know he would come fly for a couple hours and then go hang out you know with his family. But I got to tell you, it was something cool. What the cool thing was is she came over with him a few times, and so he had parked. He had a jeep, park mm-hmm. his jeep, and he'd you know take a heli out the back. And his wife would like grab his toolbox and his and his nitro can, man, <laughs> and just haul it to the bench for him. How cool is that? Nice. So, uh, and another guy who didn't. This is the story I was told, and I, I think I might have met him, but I don't know for sure. But another guy who didn't know the fun fly was happening, who happened to be, I don't know if he was visiting the park or just a campground in the area happened to be on vacation and just happened to have some helis that he brought with him, not knowing that there was a fun fly right there. Right. So he, he came by uh, and flew a little bit. The, the usual suspect, Kenny McDonald was there, Sean, you know. Uh, Michael wasn't there, strangely enough. Really? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Lottie what was there. Huh? Brett? Brett, I don't think, made it. Um. Even Dieter was even there, strangely enough, right? Wow. <laughs> sort of like the organizer of the fun fly. He decided <laughs> to show up at the last minute. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Austin and um, Larry, just the kind of the usual group of guys, you know, it was kind of fun. Not, a, I mean, apparently I went to bed early. I got there late on Friday night because I left, I left home at like 9.30, right? Oh. <sighs> Got there really late. Damn. And wow. um, it's what that's like a it's what a two hour drive for you, three hours? Yes, it was like it ended up being like three hours and forty five minutes. Um Wow. So Saturday rolls around and again it was the whole heat thing. Lots of heat. And um you know, he had catering there. 
there was like a guy in a food truck. Uh, fantastic, fantastic cook. What kind of food, dude? Anything you wanted. He he had a menu, but like he would just say what do you want, and like he could make pretty much within reason anything you wanted. Like if it was you know stuff he had, but just really good like hamburgers. He had this hamburger called the Choker. It was like a double bacon with an egg and shit on it. Oh, and uh, just really good home cooked food. And then we had a dinner of um, rotisserie chicken. Uh, that you was, mean like he made the rotisserie yeah. chicken? Yeah. So he bought, you would buy dinner tickets, right? That morning we all bought dinner tickets so he knew how many to make. And then we just pretty much every, I think pretty much everybody that was there bought one. And um, it was good food. Weather was, again, the weather was a little hot. Night flying was fantastic because it started getting cooler, right? Uh, Dieter had a couple of lights out and um, saw some really good flying. There's some, there's a lot of, man, there's just a lot of talented pilots. Um, uh, it was, it's always fun to watch Kenny McDonald throw down, of course, you know, he, he just tears shit up. Um, I got to say, I think. God, I think this is one I'm going to plan on attending every year. I really and think there's a lot of potential. Did Dieter there. say he was going to put it at the same time uh, next year? I don't. I don't. No, he didn't say if it was going to be at the same time. But the you know the the club pre- I think he was the club president. I don't know for sure, but his name was Tim, I believe. Super nice guy. I mean, he took great care of everybody and um, very. Very cordial, you know, and he, he's he's not a heli guy. He's a plane guy. He brought out one of his, I don't even know, like 150cc aerobatic plane. Just huge oh, monstrosity. And he flew it. And it, uh, not a good ending to his flight. <laughs> he put it in. Not hard, though. It came oh. down pretty soft. Uh, he had a dead stick. And, oh, uh, damn. It just kind of, it just kind of went past the end of the runway and it kind of just disappeared behind trees, but they went to get it and it's just, just the landing gear. So not a big deal. Yeah. I, I, um, I was actually pretty bummed that I wasn't able to make it. I mean, I knew a while back it wasn't going to happen Yeah, because we had other stuff going on, but you know, looking at this season, unlike others, you know, we had Othello at the middle of May, and then the next fun fly, really, other than Dieter's at the end of June, that I'm aware of, is Snohomish in late August. Yeah. So yeah, there's a big gap. I mean, we used to do our fun fly, of course, at the end of June when Dieter uh, just did his. So, but yeah, it. it I'm glad you guys cool. enjoyed it. I'm not sure I would have felt like it was worth my while given how much of a temperature problem you're saying you had well yeah and here's here's i've and it's obviously that's something that can't be controlled but i do have i do have a new personal rule that i'm going to start following for fun flies unless it's something that we are as a podcast specifically involved in and, and obligation is the wrong word Right, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, if I yeah. have to be there because we're doing something with the podcast. From here on out, new rule: I'm checking the weather the day before I'm supposed to leave. If it's forecasted 100 degrees or more, I'm just not going to go. You're probably not going to go. 
I I think that's pretty yeah. reasonable. Yeah, that's it, fair. It was hard. It was really hard. And and what made this hard for me was, you know, we went to Jesse, as you remember, and Justin. I no, you didn't go. We that other dude came. I can't remember what his name is, but you you three you came out, but it wasn't Justin. It was another friend of you guys. As I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that was hot. But I had oh, my yeah. trailer. Right, I could get wait, out wait, of the heat. Which one was this? Which one was it? This, was uh, Heli Pro uh, several Pros. years ago? Oh yeah, in Billings. Yeah, in Billings, yeah. right? And I had my trailer, so getting out of the heat was not impossible to do. Right yeah. here, I didn't have a trailer. All I had was a tent, and I didn't even bring a pop up. So I kept kind of crowding in on other people's tents, you know. And that was, you know, yeah. <laughs> see, that's tough that's because brutal. at least when it's cold, you can go inside your tent and warm up. Yeah. When it's hot, that is the last freaking place you want to be. Right, and especially I not having my own pop up there. You know, where you kind of, I kind of felt like I was encroaching. You know, I was trying to. You know, it's like, you know, everyone will uh, come on in, get in the shade, sure. But, you know, it's like, jeez, ah, you know, I kind of wish I'd have had my pop-up. Maybe it would have been a little more bearable. I still think next year I, I'll plan on going. I will check the weather. And typically, as, you know, the locals were saying, it's Yeah, not that that's hot. pretty abnormal, yeah, I so would say. It was an anomaly, so we'll deal with it. Yeah. But as far as anything else, I just am such a slacker. I've got... I've got like four helis that are just so close. I actually sent my castle in to uh, castle my ESC in to get the leads redone. <laughs> so that should That's be right back. after cutting them after all the way back them. to the flush. <laughs> Sean grabbed a ESC because he was kind of giving me shit about it. And he goes, is it shorter than this? <laughs> and I said, yep. <laughs> it sure when are you going to get it back, dude? Because that's the one that's going on your Forza. East. Oh, Forza. Okay, sorry. I got scorpions for the others. Right, right. Um, hopefully soon. I, I, I haven't got a email yet from them, and I'm kind of expecting a, at least a confirmation that it arrived. Did they do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do. You that. know what? I've never actually sure. sent anything in for repair, so I'm not sure. But yeah, same here. From all you know, I you know I've talked to Nick about it and a few other guys, and apparently their turnaround is fairly quick. So. I have heard that. Uh, hopefully, I'll get that soon. Because that's all I really have to do to get that one going is fix the mystical BEC issue, and I've already got right that ready to go. So the mystical BEC <laughs> issue, the black magic, the black magic, dude. So yeah. I want to. I, I, you know, we just got Nick is having some technical issues, so we're just going to kind of proceed. So if you guys are wondering why you're not hearing Nick's lovely. Uh, you know, voice contribution. That is why he uh, he's having some technical issues. He may or may not join us. We'll find out. That's Shopping online for heli parts. Two most important considerations we look for: are selection and customer service. Lowerheli.com not only has the selection you need to get your helis back in the air. Ken also prides himself on having the best customer service in the business. I recently made a purchase with Ken, LowerHeli.com, was anxiously awaiting the arrival of some new heli tools. When it didn't show up, I gave Ken a call. Without hesitation, he was willing to send me another package, even though the tracking confirmed delivery. I told Ken to hold off for a day or two, and sure enough, the post office found my package and got it to me. 
This just goes to show LowerHeli.com is willing to go the extra mile for you. If you want great selection and excellent customer service, www.LowerHeli.com. That's where you'll find it. So this week, I did a little simming. Typically, I'm doing one or two nights a week. Good, dude. And you're keeping it up. That's good. Yeah, it's like mainly because... constructive, focused simming? Yeah, because here's why. It's typically like what I do when I come home from work is, you know, I kind of relax for a little bit, and then I start playing video games. Mm -hmm. But it's too hot to sit in front of my computer and play video games. So I just sit in my chair with my laptop, and sim while I'm listening to the news or whatever. Practice flying multi-rotors on the sim? You know, it's strange, Jesse. <laughs> you would think that I would be flying multi-rotors quite often. Uh-huh. I have not flown a multi-rotor. Well, no, that's why you got to fly them on the sim. So I can keep, keep up? Keep skills sharp. Keep the skills yeah. sharp. <laughs> keep the go button sharp. Just yeah. So. yeah, so he, yeah. He, he flips the switch, it takes mm-hmm. off, it does its waypoints, it comes back. Yeah, I got to Which keep... is why he's able to watch the news while he's simming. <laughs> while he's simming, because he just hits a get button up and, and it takes off. He get up goes, and pour a cup of tea. It's a know. sandwich. <laughs> but but no, dude, in all seriousness, like what when you are simming, what are you working on? Are are you focusing on individual manu- maneuvers? You doing You want to know here's what? here's what I am actually trying to wrap my feeble mind around. And I don't understand why I'm struggling with it because last year I was to the point where I could do half pyro flips on the sim consistently. Yep. Uh, you know, they were simish ugly. I think you even string some together in real life. I did. You? I was able to go up to yeah. like 700 feet in the air. <laughs> 700? <laughs> wow. If you, if you squint, I think it's two and a half pyro <laughs> if flip. If you pull out the <laughs> binoculars. You can kind of see what's happening. No, I'd, I'd go, you know, 100 feet in the air, and I would do a half pyro flip, and I'd lose about 75 feet of altitude. <laughs> you know, but I was trying. <laughs> but so nice. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know uh, the connection, and maybe it's because I'm just getting old, because I'm an old bastard, right? I just, I'm really struggling getting the coordination down i I just don't know what is it is it on the first half the second half the second or half. just everything the second it's half. the second half i just lose the timing and i can't I, okay did you stop and take a step back and work on just the first half yeah that's what i was gonna say no Bring i just down. i just scream and yell and throw shit around the living room it goes for it right okay I, yeah i back you're one of those cat. if we were on the golf course there'd be shit flying to the next <laughs> hole I backhand my cat because I'm blaming on her for standing too close to me while I'm trying to do this shit. <laughs> Making me nervous. <laughs> quit watching me. You're quit judging me, cat. You lick your own ass. <laughs> you that is a true statement. You cannot judge me if you lick your own ass. Uh, no, so that's where I'm at. I really, God damn it, I really want to get that down because I want to be able to do that in real life. Uh, I I find, dude, Mm. that, and I mean, between the sim and flying, I've been just beating the crap out of triple pyro flips, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but ever so often, I'll get in one of those funks where it's like, what the hell just happened? It's like I've never actually even flown a heli before, 
And the best thing I can do to get back to it is break it up into chunks. Yeah. And do the first half and just lock into an inverted hover. Well, you know. Okay, now I'm comfortable. Go and do the second half. Here's the deal, though. And and here's why I feel like, and maybe you can do this on the next sim. I just, if you can, I haven't found it. Of course, you know, with the Mac, I'm using the next sim. I haven't done real flight in a long time. With real flight, I could lock the heli in a stationary position in space, right? I think you can do that can on, you? on next. Yeah, there's so, a, if you go into the menu, there's a trainer tab, and there are all sorts of different options. You know what works better? Just slow it down. There's Nick. Oh, Nick's back. Yeah, sorry. We're having some internet issues. Um, Just slow it down. Turn the... Uh, Turn the the sim speed down. That's how I learned right. Pyro TikToks. Well, here's I turned it down to fifty percent just to get it going and crept it back up and up and up and up. Here's what I haven't done though. Uh, when it comes to following advice that we as a podcast give, <laughs> any of it. <laughs> <laughs> what I haven't done is I haven't set my Pyro rate. To where I want, that's, you know, when it's, you can just go full rudder and do it that way. So I'm trying to time. Mm. The throttle it back. Yeah, I'm trying to. But, uh, but don't hose yourself there because you can't do half pyro flips full rudder. But, well, and th- there you go. See, so I that's just well, I, I mean, technically you probably could if you just slowed it down a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be scary to you wouldn't leave yourself any room to oh yeah whip yeah. the tail around if you needed to bail out. Yeah, the half pyro flips I think you've just gotta learn to manage the tail at partial throw. Just try the sim speed, man. I'm telling you. Try slowing it down a little bit because uh it makes a huge difference. You can really focus on your stir. Um, even to the point where you don't even watch the heli, you just bring up the little transmitter controls on the screen and watch the transmitter controls while you're doing it. Make oh, sure that dude, you're that actually kills me. Make sure you're actually stirring in a circle, you know, or, or your circle's not horrendously oblong, or, or <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's Wait. really easy to record and play it back on next too. Do you do you actually use the transmitter control thing? Uh, to help I, you? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, I record and then play back, and I don't... Oh, okay, okay. I'm yeah. not watching what the hell he's doing. I'm watching what my fingers are doing. And I did that with... Uh, I really actually put a lot of specific sim training into Pyro TikToks because they just... They kicked my ass so bad right off the bat that... Um, it was really hard to break that habit of a round stir. I mean, it was really hard because a pyro TikTok, it's more of a a D shape cyclic yeah. stir, and I just couldn't break that, and I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. And you know, they kept going out of whack, going out of whack. So finally, I just hit record. Okay, looked at it, and then went back, and it was like, okay, when they shift this way. When the disc shifts this way as I'm doing them, what is my stir doing? And I would watch it, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, all right, what's going on here? What's going Oh, okay. And I would play it back in slow motion, and it, it turned out that I was just behind on the tail. 
I was behind on the stir for how fast I was pirouetting. I mean, that's all that it was. And that allowed me to see that, slow it down to the point where I could actually see that happening. Makes sense. So then it was, okay, I will slow my pyro speed down a little bit. Then I slowed my pyro speed down. Then, oh, hey, now what do you know? Now they're falling in better. <laughs> and now I've gotten to the point where I can actually take the D and rotate the D to the right and then rotate the D to the left, depending on how I want to move the pyro TikTok around. It just, it, it took yeah, a while. And if, if, and if you wouldn't have slowed it down and replayed it back, it just, it'd be all a guessing game. It, it was. I mean, it was really a 100% guessing game because it just happened so fast that I couldn't. I mean, I tried learning pyro TikToks and I, they did not even remote, I couldn't get one in until I went on the sim and slowed it down and started it like that. Went, okay. Did you do all that, Jesse? No, but I can't do pure TikToks like that. <laughs> you suck. Yep. Okay, Dan. I'm I'm working back to it. Don't worry. Get He's there. getting back. I'll get there. He was moping around. He was moping on the field the other day. And I know the feeling, man, because I've been at that point, too. You know. Oh, well, at this point, I'll just be happy so to get much. Ellie in the air again. Yeah, there you well, go. Well, I think you, you like, made a new her. record for the show. Dan, which is you drove all the way to that fun fly and you didn't actually fly. It's only a couple hour drive. Hey, hey this is the second time because if you remember the week before that, Jack and Ryan came. Yeah, down. right. Exactly. And, and didn't you didn't fly, fly there either. either. And wait a minute. So you're having all of these. I'm not sure why I can't get half pair flips down. Maybe it's just me, but the answer seems like you need to fly. Uh, I would like to get mm-hmm. them down in the sim first. Is is that okay? That's what I'm no. talking about. Get it down in the sim. You you've taken Todd's class. <laughs> you just get up there and hammer down. Yeah, right. I, I no, I didn't, I'm gonna actually cut you some serious slack on that because learning your first pirouetting maneuver is like equivalent of scary death. <laughs> I got scary this. death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll make it happen. I I just, the thing is, is I really don't want to crash because I'm really struggling to find time to get what I have flying. Let alone yeah, because if, if you crash another one, you're not going to fly it until you attend another fun <laughs> fly with Sean. And if Sean shows up. Yeah. Sean and Pete, they both have to be there. <laughs> so, but, you know, it is what it is. I, God, I just. Can you do your inverted flight yet? Yeah. Like no problem, just bang it oh, out. Not, inverted certainly figure not gonna eight. Tell you that there's not a problem, but I can do it. Because I've never seen you do an inverted figure eight. No, dude. He, I, I'm Justin pretty has? sure I saw you do inverted flying proficiently at Othello, didn't you, I? Not this time, but last year you did. Okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you were standing I, next to me. Yes, he can do it, dude. Wow, I have not seen it. That's because you never watch me fly. Because what I do doesn't interest you. That's not true oh, at all. The You're truth like a hurts. ninja when it comes to flying. You'll sit there all day long, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like I see you coming back. Where'd you go? <laughs> no. See, every time we're at a fun fly together, I'll go over and be like, Dan, you want to go fly? And then we just go up there and fly. 
That's because I feel like Justin isn't judging me when I'm flying. I'm not <laughs> judging you. How dare you? Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I know. I'm only kidding. Nick, you judgmental you judgmental son Oh, of whatever. Bitch. Hey, wait a minute. You know what we discussed last night? Huh. Justin has entered the, the, he is now the planker in the hobby. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. What the yep. hell is that? I, Justin I, is the equivalent I of a planker. I don't even know what that means. I'm so not even going to acknowledge That's how far it. gone you are. We have determined you can't that. Even recognize it. Denial isn't flying. just a river in Egypt, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that like, uh, you know, scale is is scale. Pretty much, kind of regardless of whether it has blades or wings, it's scale is scale. That that's that's a given. It's all the same mentality and everything. But when it comes to just the planker, the speed guys really are because I mean. Your perfect flight, Justin. Is are you going to stand for this? Go oh, I'm real waiting, straight. I'm waiting for him to stop. Yeah, that's where it's like, dude, that was an awesome flight. I went really straight. <laughs> and to compare that to plankers is is laughable, because to do that on a plank is so much easier than to do it on a heli. But not in their minds. In whose minds? The people doing it. The planks. Yeah. I could see that care pattern less I what the flew? plankers think. It was like perfectly square. Boom. It's all relative. It. It's all relative. I nailed uh, that square. See, I think your logic falls short. I the don't. number of times people have been like, oh, dude, speed, that's got to be easy. It's just like a stall turn and a straight pass. Okay, go do it. Well, I couldn't because no, I'd lose it. I'm not saying that it's easy. I just... it. It's funny. It's something that I get to poke you at because you know, you're like, you know too, what, dude, I'm going to go way out on the edge. I'm going to throw in a uh, half Cuban. <laughs> that is freaking planker all over it, oh man. Oh, my God. I can see the hate mail coming in for Nick. <laughs> you, better, you better empty your inbox. Feeling adventurous. Going to throw in a half Cuban. <laughs> you better empty Cuban your inbox, <laughs> Nick. I fly 3D, too, dude. I well, have I two 3D helis. Yeah. No, he's not allowed to be flying 3D right now. He needs to train. I'm just giving him shit because I, I can. I know he's giving me a hard time, and you're right. It's it is. It, exci- I, I can. The perception is is very clear in my mind. That said, screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to be doing uh, all that stuff slow, but to be doing it at a a, a buck forty, buck fifty is a whole different ball mm-hmm. game. I'd I'd be making diamonds too, no question there. <laughs> You'd be making diamonds <sighs> with your asshole. Yes, <laughs> my God. Thanks for clarifying that. I think wow. most of Such us a- in the free world understood exactly what he yeah. was talking about. And enter the engineer. Yeah, nice supple that's, hands. That's the, that's the comedy side of it, dude. Nice <laughs> supple hands. Oh yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that about wraps my week up. You're still on yeah, you? Yeah, seeing as that we haven't talked about you in about 15 I know, minutes. because Nick Nick jumped in there and, and just kind of took over. I thought we'd be three quarters of the way through the show. Oh, no, 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 no. I had well, shit to talk about this week, man. You missed it. Figures. Uh-huh. The one week where I finally have shit to talk about and you have technical difficulties. I know. Well, I'll go, but I'm going quickly. Uh, I flew last weekend. I bet you hear that weekend. a lot, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Dude. 
pleases me just fine. <laughs> as long as I get mine, I don't care. Uh, no, I did fly last weekend. Uh, Jesse, was that when we flew or not? Yes? Yeah, we flew last weekend, but that was Friday. Yeah, that's right. No, I did go out uh, again and flew. So, uh, nothing, Saturday morning? Yeah, yeah. Nothing okay. too nothing too fancy. I mean, just, again, enjoying the nice weather, enjoying the sunshine, and kind of back to... I'm not tuning, which is weird. The last two times that I've been out, I have tuned very little, if to none. Uh, I took the five, was it the five seven? Yeah, I took the 570 after this little newfound love for it. I'm just completely digging it right now. Uh, I took it and dropped it down to like 2100. I put a bank in there for 2100. Nice. And did probably, I, I'm actually really, I'm not a big like, oh, I want to video my flight kind of guy. It's just not my thing. Some people love doing it. Uh, regardless of their skill level, I've never been that guy. I'm usually like, nah, don't worry about it. Too much work. Uh, yeah, because it's like then I got to remember if I'm doing everything that I can. And it's I know that I shouldn't have anything to be self-conscious about, but I guess it's kind of the one thing that I am. It's like I, if I know that I'm videotaping, it changes how I fly. That's uh, kind of weird. It's, it's a quirk. It's a downfall. But. There was one flight that I flew on the 570 I wish I would have, and it was at 2100. I don't think it ever went higher than 50 feet or farther out than 50 feet in either direction, and it never quit moving, and it never went straight. It was the, Dan, you would have just, I was so proud of that flight, and I got done, and I was like, Dan would have freaking thumbed one out after that one, because it was great. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It felt so, it was just like, you know how when you're just in that kind of groove, you you get in your groove, and for some people that's smack, for some people that's, you know, like Justin, like you get that solid speed pass where you feel good. Well, this whole flight was just in this smooth, like jazz groove, and it, it was awesome, absolutely awesome. So that really kind of renewed my, Oh, yeah, I dig it. And the cool part was to get it to fly, great. I, I kid you not. I dropped it down from 20, I've I've pretty much settled on like 2380 with that. And that's plenty. Jesse, that's what you flew it at. Okay. Was 23. Yeah, plenty and it's plenty. Speed. Oh, plenty. Plenty, dude. It's zippy. Mm-hmm. No question. Plenty of power. Um. The only thing that I did, I dropped it straight down to 21 from there, and I bumped the tail gain up like 10 points, I guessed. I was like, yeah, we'll just go up about 10 and fly it and call it good. And I managed to hit that really nice range. You know, we talk about harmonics, and you, you have ranges of, you know, head speeds that work really well with your damping system. I I hit that range where it just worked really well and I think that kind of really made me flow into the flight more because the the heli was flying good and it was fun it was it was a really nice experience I enjoyed it and I wish I wish that someone would have been there to see it 
Because then I tried to duplicate it on the 700 after that. I was like, yeah, I'm totally into this low and uh, low head speed and smooth thing. And then I went out and tried it, and it didn't work very good. I just kind of flew like shit the next one. <laughs> oh, well. And the heat didn't bother you, dude? Doesn't bother me at all. Because, see, I don't have to sit out in it. Trailer makes a big Yeah, that's true. I keep forgetting that. You can go back and and kind of hide from the sun a bit. No, I mean, do you set up your pop-up tent every time you go out to the field? I don't, but lately, lately, when it's been hot, I have, because it's unbearable. I mean, I don't know what it's been up in Bellingham, but it's been in the mid-90s down here. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yeah. I With just, humidity. It's not, it's not that bad. I mean, yeah, when, you know, when Jesse and I went out and flew, I was definitely getting some, it some was sticky hot shorts going on. Oh, it yeah. was, it was very hot out. You know, it backed off, I'd say about five degrees from that since then. Yeah. And I've also been being a little smarter with my times too, waiting yeah, till a, a little one. bit later in the evening and or going a little bit earlier. And yeah, it, I've I've noticed the last couple of days, you know, it hits five o'clock and it starts cooling down. Yeah, there was a little stretch there where it, just, it didn't; it just stayed hot. But yes. the last couple of days, it it started to cool down. Well, days. you need to send that down here because it doesn't start cooling down until like eight or nine. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> well. It's not here, and I'll take it because I and it works because I enjoy. I'm an evening guy. We've talked about that flying yeah. time wise, and I'm always trying to cram in as many as I can get right before the sunset because <laughs> that is those yellow glasses out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Flight in. That's when I get my really do get my groove on big time. Um. Other than that, I got a pile of spares. You know, I have a love-hate thing for spares. I, it is so hard to get me to order spare parts because it's like, hmm, I'm just going to randomly spend $250 on stuff that I don't really need right now, right? Or maybe you need one part. But I kind of nutted up this week, and it was like, you know, just do it, dude. I mean, just do it. You know that with the fun fly, you know, our fun fly coming up later and I've been having a lot more fun lately flying. I'm loosening up a lot. Just just do it so that you don't have anything holding you back because when you have a pile of spares, for me anyway, I fly a lot different than if I don't. And, you know, as hard as it was to do it, it was a great feeling when they showed up. Like, it was really cool. The only thing that I needed was I had mentioned I stripped out a main gear. So I did upgrade the main gear uh, on that 700 to the CNC one with the larger aluminum uh, aluminum center hub. No metal yet, huh? No, and I, I've, I'm doing it this way on purpose uh, because I just want to learn. I, I'm curious. To see if how you know if this one holds up like the other heli, the the other seven hundred has never been in trioblin configuration, 
So I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to let that one go as long as I can on the stock main gear to get a judge for it. And then this one, um, now that it's fresh, I'm going to kind of let it go. And I, I just want to learn and see, you know, cause I, I want to be able to tell people if you're going to do this, then I, you definitely need this, you know, not just automatically be like, Oh no, you should go buy that one. Well, uh, you know, of course the CNC one's better. The aluminum hub in the middle is way bigger. So you're going to get a lot less deflection on the gear. I mean, it's just a better gear, but that doesn't mean you, everyone needs it, you know, but I also want to be able to give the feedback that, okay, you know, if you are running a trioblin, you absolutely have to have that main gear. There's a reason that the Kyle Stacy edition comes with it. Um, and if I have an issue with that one, then I, I will go to the metal and or I might just take and uh, when I finally kill the other one, Justin, on the first 700, I might just put a metal one in that just so that I compare. Yeah, I mean, the metal one is definitely a really good design. It wears, uh, and so it's not. It's definitely a consumable, but hmm. you shouldn't have to worry about it stripping in flight. That's the key. Yeah, and I... And I I'm not, I'm not, it's not a concern for me with the wear. That's not a big deal. It's more like I would prefer to keep a weak link in there if I can. You know, I'm not interested in taking all the weak links out of the system if I don't have to. You know what I mean? If the CNC one holds up to the trioblin just fine uh, for my flying, then that's as burly as I would prefer to go. True. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's it. That was my week. Not nothing too crazy exciting. Nice. Well, well sweet. I I haven't simmed in jeez ages. I haven't even flown the Kyle Stacy the Trioblin on next yet. And that's been out for a while. I flew it once or twice, but nah, nah. <laughs> Probably needs tuning. They all do. Yeah, that's all okay. need tuning on the sim. Well, I tuned up my. My ori- my original tune came off of the Logo 700 Extreme, and now when I find a design I like, I just copy and paste the settings. And it Dude, that is exactly the, the best same. advice True. right there. Like, Take I don't the- even care what it looks like. It's just going to fly exactly the same as the other one did. <laughs> yeah. Take the Mirko. It's the Mirko C, right? Yeah, Mirko on, the, on yeah. the Logo Extreme. Logo. And, then, the logo oh, and I tune it a little bit from there. Oh, yeah. But that's the best baseline. Yeah, I agree. Take that yep. one copy it over to your other model, and then I have actually, you know, I found a secret. Don't ask me for the values because I don't remember, and it took a little bit of playing around with, but I have noticed that, in my opinion, most everything was a bit floaty on Next. Um, I I thought that all the models were a bit floaty. I turned the gravity up, and I'll be damned if it didn't make a really nice subtle difference yeah i i actually didn't turn the gravity up i increased the weight to get rid of the floatiness which should have the same effect but but i i also found that uh they were in general the electrics were underpowered see i think it depends and i gotta tell you I, i would like someone to someone to be able to tell me i flew one i turned the weight up i noticed a difference because I have not noticed a difference changing the weight. 
Like, and I even went stupid. I put five more pounds on there. It didn't make the, I'm not going to say it didn't make it fly different. It did not make it fly like you added more weight. Five pounds different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I I couldn't tell you what weight I've got in there. I wasn't worried about the number because reality is skewed in the sim. I, I just went by feel. And See, all I, think I, I wanted was it to the point where it felt the way I wanted. All I wanted was knife edge falling. That's that's how I judge the sim on on weight and gravity and tuning. Is how does it fall on knife edge? Because I can turn the motor power down, you know, and and turn some of the other stuff down to make it less floaty ish in other aspects. But I hate it when a model is like unrealistic. On how well, it just you should go and look at the aerodynamics on it then, because there's a, a you know lengthwise, sideways, and and disc on uh, drag factors, and that plays a big role. I've had to do a ton of tuning on that for the speed heli model, uh, and then I after I messed with that because I had never messed with it on the 3D version, and after I messed with that, I went back and played with my 3D model. And actually got it to feel even more realistic because I, I think they I think they make the uh, they set the drag factor on side on in such a way that it catches the air and just feels very, very well, like you said, float. I mean, I don't know if floaty is the right word, honestly, Nick, but hangy. It's got hang time on knife edge. Well, yeah, that, that, and the problem is that can be one of the things that can get you in trouble the quickest when trying to transfer something to real life. Because yeah. if you're expecting that hang time or if you're expecting it to float and it just freaking oh, drops yeah, like a rock, well, the, the sink for me is the key. gravity did yeah. it. Like that one parameter changed it all the way around. Um, and I had to start really subtle. And then mm-hmm. go back and try it and then do it. And I had to mess around with it a little bit, but I was able to get it to where I like it. With all the time and money you put into your hobby, the last thing you want to do is throw away your flight experience on bad blades. From the feel of the heli in the air to its appearance on the ground, which blades you choose to bolt on is one of the most important decisions you have to make. That's why you need to put those old and busted blades to the side and make the switch to some new hotness. Brought to you by Burt Kammerer of BK Designs, switch rotor blades are sure to put the finishing touches on your heli. Whether you're into sport flying, hard 3D, or F3C, switch rotor blades will get the job done on everything from a 250 to an 800 class heli. And we're not just talking about main blades here. Switch has tail blades and night blades too. So stop wasting your time not flying the last brand of blades you'll ever need and make the switch today. www.switchrotorblades.com Sweet. Okay, well, I'm going to go. I don't have a lot to say either. Neither did Nick. Uh, Yeah, well, (laughs) Nick, Nick, yeah. Oh, Mr. 40 Minutes. Uh, hey, I, I've actually got one thing to add that I forgot to mention. Yeah, go for it. Just real quick. You guys won't believe this, but I am still charging on 12 volts. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. 
Huh. <laughs> you know, that's funny, Dan. I for some reason I thought you were you were waiting on like a twenty four or a yeah. thirty six volt charging system. <laughs> no, I was gonna How go nice fly tomorrow, be? but I feel like I now know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm only giving you shit. I don't even have an electric that's flying right now. You know, I now that you bring that up, Dan, I, I want to bring something up as well. All right. I I feel like I am approximately underweight by a hundred dollars worth of pennies. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna get them. I I you'll, want my damn pennies, mine. dude. You'll get yeah, mine. I'm gonna pee all over the pennies I give you. You know what? I'm fine with that. I'm super gluing mine into a stack. I'm fine with that too. That would be I don't awesome. care if it takes twelve you know, hours. A stack of pennies. Make yeah. make good on your bet. I just spent seventy eight dollars at Hobby King. Oh, what'd you buy? CA CA glue. <laughs> Nick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you, use yeah, shoe you're the only person shoe I know goo. that would spend eighty bucks on CA to CA thirty three dollars worth of pennies together. <laughs> Like trying, the, I'm trying to prove I a point. I take that here. as a compliment. And you know what? I feel like it's that might be it. <laughs> it's okay. I have uh I have like the CA debonder crap. I'm ready for you. My uh my week was actually kind of boring. Uh I, you know, despite the weather being very nice last weekend, I couldn't do it. It was too damn hot. Call me whatever you want to call me, but 95 degrees and 30 or 40% humidity is just not cutting it for me. Uh, I I didn't feel like it was going to be enjoyable, and I also figured it, it would slow things down given the fact that heat is sort of an issue on speed helis to begin with. And if now I have to rely on the thing cooling down to ambient when the ambient is in the 90s, it's going to take a while and I'm not going to get as many flights in and I could risk doing, you know, over-temping the ESC. It's like a, a stress test on the cooling system. <laughs> yeah, you, well, fair what if point. It's you really don't want to yeah, lose. What if it's 90 degrees What if it's 95 at Urcha? Yeah, and, know I, and I started to consider that, which is why I am going to go out and fly this weekend, even though it's going to be freaking miserable, because there's only four or five <laughs> weeks left, and I it. need to get the time in, but... <laughs> and I'm going to bitch. I'm going to... You know what, dude? I'm, I'm okay with that. I am going to bitch, because Seattle has led me to the point where I can expect reasonable weather that is not too hot and not too cold and it is douching me right now <laughs> plain and simple <laughs> that's that's what i that's what i got to say about that shit wow yeah <laughs> yeah anyway okay i'm done complaining about the heat I'm going to go out and fly this weekend. It's still going to be damn hot, but you got to do it. In the meantime, uh, what I've been doing is searching for batteries. Uh, you know, I'm at the point where my practice packs are getting pretty damn worn out, and I need packs for the actual competition. And guess what? No one has any packs in in the right size. No OptiPowers, no Gen's Ace. No freaking well, Pulse does have theirs in Thunder but, Power. 
Yeah, you know, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, I, I well yeah. played, my I, friend. And, and you know what? I'm gonna admit, I actually did look up the thunder. Oh, power. you searched it. Oh, I searched it. I searched it. It. I, I felt dirty the entire time. You should go. You go clear your history. I gotta go clear my browser. History, bra- right. Okay, I'm going into the safe mode, secret mode. You should go get some of the nanotech AG. Yeah, dude, the A specs. I looked spec. at those too. Forty-nine volt per cell Let's batteries. Let's go through the list: Genzace, OptiPower, Pulse, ThunderPower, Turnigy. There's something called like AgaPower yeah. and Magnum Energy. I mean, I'm <laughs> Glacier. Mm-hmm. All of it, and they either don't have the the packs that I need, which is about a forty four to forty five hundred seven S. Or they have um, they have something in that range, but it doesn't fit. It's too large. Damn it, Tarek. Back off on the orders. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what the hell I am going to do about that. Justin, but- I th- you, it sounds to me like you're probably to the point where you just order up a bunch of cells, do your quality check, and make your own batteries. And, <laughs> Jesse, you, you are nailing it tonight, too. <laughs> so I have... I have like an old and busted set of Gen Z 6S packs, like the 5300s. Mm-hmm. I uh, I got the same idea this afternoon. I am oh, in the God. process of disassembling. I can throw another couple in yeah, there. Yeah, I am disassembling these packs and trying to figure out what the hell I need to do to build my own cells. <laughs> I feel like this is how the conversation goes the week before a fire story. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I took these dude, dude. These packs are awesome. I got them all done. They look totally great. They look like brand new. You couldn't even tell. I did my first speed run, and they lit on fire. <laughs> and then I forgot to check the C rating, and they were like three C when I was done. <laughs> I I've just got to do something that makes me feel like I'm making progress. And so if I go out, you know, I mean, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to experiment with it on the first time with the heli. I may not even get that far. At this point, it's just disassembling a pack to see what's going on. Nice. But I feel like just go run around the block and you'll feel more progress than what you're working on. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll learn something. Uh, What I'll probably learn is that it was a stupid decision. (laughs) Huge waste of time. (laughs) But these Gen Ace packs have been sitting on my my shelf for like two or three years now. So, Oh, those are the great ones to you. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Here's the deal, right? It's not, (laughs) I'm I'm not thinking of taking the crappy Gen Aces and fashioning them into an ultra speed pack. I'm using that as an experiment to see if it's even possible. And then I'm going to buy a whole schload of like 2S and 3S packs and string those together. (laughs) Hey, man, I got to figure something out here. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I like (laughs) it. it. Yeah, I say do it. Make sure your insurance on your house is paid up. Yeah, I dare you. I, I, I don't think it's that difficult. I mean, I know, Dan, to you, uh, electrons are black magic. They are but wizardry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> black magic. That's okay, though. 
So that'll be my project of the weekend, along with dealing with the temperature. Uh, I haven't fixed the 380 yet. I just, I don't know why. I'm I'm too focused on getting practice flights in on the speed stuff. So the 380 sitting there. Uh, I just I sold my final non X Nova motor out of my 770. So now the 770 can't fly yet because I've got to swap a motor into that one. So I'm down to my speed helis, and it actually feels pretty good because I feel like I don't have a distraction anymore. If you're gonna go to the field and fly, you're gonna fly speed, plain and simple. It's one way to do it. Hardcore, dude. Go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. Other than that, I've been simming. I've been doing, actually doing about 30 to 30 to 60 minutes a night for the last few nights, uh, specifically and feeling pretty good about the progress there. So I'm kind of back in the longer duration groove because for a while there, I was only doing about 20 to 30 minutes at a time and then moving on to the next task of the night. But last couple of sessions, uh, you know, it's the groove has kicked in kind of like you were talking about Nick with actually flying and it was just working out. And I figured, you know what? I'm not going to bother with the time. I'm going to fly until I don't feel like flying anymore or that it's not productive. Uh, so buy, I did buy a couple of bits and pieces, more telemetry stuff, temperature sensors, uh, for the jetty. See what I can come up with on that. And then uh, a new cooling fan and heat sink for the Cosmic on the TDR because that guy has been overheating like crazy. Uh, it may be a settings thing, but I want to I wanna put a little bit more insurance on it. And other than that, I'm just waiting to get out to the field again and jealous that I missed the fun fly, Dan. You should be. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. It would have been hard though. Heat was bad. So yeah, he Justin definitely would have been out. Right. It, it sounds like though I would have quite a crowd to complain with. Yeah, we were pretty much all bitching. <laughs> so you know, that was good. Over a hundred is pretty hot. Well, I guess that leaves me, huh? It does leave you. There's no question that PowerLab and iCharger are the top of the food chain when it comes to chargers, and choosing which one is not an easy task. What is easy is choosing where to buy them when you're ready to pull the trigger. With their knowledgeable sales staff and industry-leading customer support, choosing Progressive RC for all your charging needs is the easiest decision you can make. www.progressiverc.com Man, unfortunately, I'm going to follow it up with another pretty pretty slow week. Um, as Nick mentioned, we did get out last Friday, but after that point, for me, I've not made it back out to the field yet. So as it goes from recording to recording, I'm going to have to take a no-fly. No-fly. Now, I don't think from week to week i'm going to take a no fly because i'm really hoping to get out to the field um this weekend so 
I do want to clear a couple things up. I still have had quite a few people messaging me about the desoldering connectors. And, you know, as I mentioned last week, everything's still going good, but I'm getting lots of questions about which style of connector. So just to put it out there one more time, it was the E-Flight connector with the cage style bullet that this happened to. So I, was, I wasn't using the progressive ones, you know, where they have the tendency to kind of shrink back in and not make a good connection because it's just a solid connector that's cut at the end. Um, it was the E-Flight caged bullet connector. Um, but like I said, since I've, since I've switched those out, it hasn't given me any issues since. Now this last week, I don't know about you guys, but did it feel a little bit weird? I found myself spending a lot of time hanging out on heli Oh, yes. Um, so th- that was a, you know, heli-related task this last week, and I've, it, it took up quite a bit of time. I was found myself quite often flipping through Tapatalk, going through, you know, all the uh, old forums and stuff that you know, I used to hang out at quite regularly. So it was great to be back there, great to follow along um, with the RCHN listeners' corner and post some stuff in there. Now, like I mentioned, looking forward to this weekend, I'm kind of in the same mindset as Justin is. You know how you want to just bring your speed helis out there and fly speed? Yep. I really want to get some nitro flying in this weekend. Nice, Um, dude. It's been, so this was probably four weeks ago was when I kind of swapped the V-control receiver over to the nitro. And since then, I've probably only put about three flights on it, kind of enough to go... Okay, get the initial settings set. Make sure the thing flies. You know, got the governor set up. It's a little bit different than setting up the electric gov. Um, so making sure that the governor settings were all right. And kind of going through the motor tune and doing that thing. But I really want to focus in and get that thing dialed in on, uh, you know, V-Bar 6.0. Get the governor tuned. Get the head tuned. Get the tail tuned. Um, kind of start over and get that thing locked back in because... You know, the last few times I've been out out at the field, it's been with me, and I've you know, brought the gallon of nitro out there, brought the everything out there to fly it, but it's one of those things where when you're enjoying one heli, I just kind of keep going back to it, and especially when there's a couple of us out there, you know, like when I'm flying with Nick, the batteries aren't a huge issue, um, even though right now I currently only do have two flight packs for the 7HV. It's not a big issue because I am still have plenty of time to charge. Um, when there's a couple guys out there flying. So I just haven't had the need to go grab the nitro. You know, just hasn't happened. Now, if I was out there by myself, it would definitely be like an every third flight thing, um, flying the nitro just with not being able to charge quite fast enough, you know, four and a half minute flights, 12, 13 uh, minute charge time. So now, but, but Jesse, with the temperature being the way it is, are you going to have a little bit more of a challenge with the nitro? It's definitely probably going to be lacking a little bit of power, but you know, I, th- I think we'll still we'll still go for it. Kind of like Nick mentioned, timing timing it a little bit better when you're flying during the day is going to help. So either hitting it, you know, early in the morning, getting out there at like eight, or going it probably the more likely scenario is going more in the evening time, heading out four thirty, kind of taking my time getting out there, getting stuff set up, and letting it cool down just a little bit, and then flying till. Oh, nearly the sun goes down and you can't get any more flights in. Yep, that that's true. That makes and sense. So in that way, you kind of avoid that because it, it has been hot here uh, the last couple of days. I know 
just driving around in my car from today. I mean, it said like 94, 95 um, in my car. So we've definitely been seeing the temperatures, but not going during the middle of the day, I think. I think I'll be all right. So, and bring in the pop-up. I'm definitely throwing in the pop-up for this weekend when I go out to the field. Pop-up, ice chest, lots of water. Um, Just plan on being out there for a while and staying hydrated. That's the key. Trying to cool down. Yeah, being able to get out of the sun and bring in just almost as much as you can drink really helps. Yeah, lots of water, the pop-up, you know, throwing a chair so you can sit. Um, and yeah, just being able to kind of do a couple flights, come back, take a seat, drink some water, cool down, sit in the shade, and uh, keep going. So looking forward to an awesome weekend. That's it. No bye. Boring. I no sim. Seriously. No sell? Uh, no sell. Nope. You have to buy stuff and use it to sell it. Yep. Yep. You have to acquire stuff. <laughs> True story. Do we have any news this week? Any news? I don't have any. I've got news. <sighs> speed news. Sure. No, dude. It's not speed news. <laughs> Speed news is turning into like goblin news. Uh, I'm like not sure it will ever that? turn into goblin news <laughs> like because that leads to the diversity in brand on my speed news. <laughs> like the peanuts parents. Yeah, I did that for you, Dan. Did you? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this week's news uh, that Justin has. <laughs> is uh, brought to you by uh, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Justin is the news guy this week. What's he, what do you got, man? <laughs> okay, so I've got two quick bits of news. Uh, you know, our, our our buddy Josh Moen out of Denver, Colorado, who I think you met, Dan, did. At, the, at the Fun Fly this last weekend. I did. Uh, he and Steve Graham have been working on... I think Steve took the video and Josh has been doing the flying, but uh, Josh has been putting together these videos on the pilot proficiency program maneuvers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked a couple months back about uh, the videos that he had done for level one and level two, and he just finished about a week or so ago the level three video. And so uh, that's up on YouTube. We'll put it in the show notes. It's really awesome. Because, you know, you can watch this now after reading my crappy descriptions and actually understand what it is you're supposed to do. Uh, and he's going to keep working and see how much further into the the maneuver sets that he can get. Of course, once we get into four, we're in intermediate sport and some of the, you know, more advanced maneuvers beyond that. So he's an awesome pilot. I think he can probably do a good portion of all of it, but doing it clean enough and, you know, in front of the camera and everything such that you can illustrate it. We'll see how it turns out. Speaking of pilot proficiency and the topic that you brought up, Jesse, uh, Heli Freak, uh, there is a new thread in our RCHN listeners corner about the PPP. And, you know, actually, I, I was pretty impressed to see that there are, a hand, there are a number of people on that thread that are still using it or interested in it. There are a couple of site links that they posted. Go over there and check it out. 
uh, of uh, other independent websites that have uh, maneuver descriptions, videos, whether it be on the real heli or the sim, not necessarily specific to the pilot proficiency program, but I think uh, a handful of them are starting to adopt that as well. So I, I thought that was pretty exciting. Second bit I of feel like I'm the only one doing it. You? Yeah. No, dude, I'm doing it. You Do you mean out of the four of us, you feel like you're the yes. only one? Yes. Well. I, hey, you know what? First place is first place, whether it's by a landslide or close. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm i still working it. I got to fly. You you that's a yeah. you know that's a good first step. That's level zero. I've got some checked off. Do you? Screw you, Nick. I got some checked off. How, you do have how many some do you have off. checked off, Dan? You know, three, one. All right. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I got three or four somewhere. checked off. How many do you have checked off, Jesse? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I think he's got about thirty, forty, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So here's the the uh, the news of the week. Did you guys see the Velos pre-order announcement? The Velos no. 880. Oh. What? Yes. How much? Exclusively at HeliDirect. How I, I want some guesses. What do you guys think on this? I can't even wait. I have to go look. What? Okay, Jesse. What do you think? Dan says twenty five hundred. Eighteen ninety nine. Okay. Two thousand dollars. Oh right in the rotor head. Jeez, are you kidding Two me? Two grand for this airframe. Well I, and I don't know. So and how much like extra? Let's, let's, let's do some math here. So two seven hundred power systems. Right, motors, packs, yeah, ESCs, uh, and so let let's just assume you're doing. I don't know. You're not going to put cheap shit in right. it. So let's let's go all all out. We're going to do cosmics, okay? Okay, two cosmic one sixties or what? Okay. Like how much are those? Like you know, seven hundred bucks a piece. Let's say. Okay, so fourteen. So there's fourteen. Let's do two scorpion. I don't know, forty five thirties, something like that. So say another six hundred bucks. 600 so now we're bucks. at two. Okay, so there's two thousand. Now we yep. need two sets of batteries, probably say two fifty a piece. So there's five hundred. Okay. So twenty five hundred. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh, oh, they they're running eight hundred plus size blades, which can't be cheap. Probably two hundred bucks a set. That's twenty seven hundred. We haven't put servos, servos. in it. Yet. We haven't put servos in it. So let's let's do the standard hundred and fifty a servo times four. That's six hundred for servos. Times five. Five? I think there's four cyclics. Oh, I are there? Think Jesse might Ooh, be right. Okay, seven fifty. So what is that, Nick? Th- like thirty two, thirty three hundred? Yeah. Yeah, and a fly barless fly system, barless so system, say another two hundred bucks. Another two, two fifty. So we're talking thirty five hundred. Mm. This is a $5,500 helicopter. Goodness, you could almost build a speed heli. You You can buy a fuselage. (laughs) You are right there. You are correct. So, what do you guys think? I think I'm going to get in trouble. 
I think I'm gonna get. I think so. I because I, <laughs> this is stupid. I just. I mean, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I just I don't see it working. I, I hey, am anxious th- to see how well it is adopted. I mean, it's a novel concept. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't know how people are going to swing that, like affordability wise. I think that it's really cool. It's it's cool that they made it. I actually I really commend them for that they made it. I think it's very unique, and it. You know, if it works well and holds together, I think that's awesome. I think trying to bring this to market at a mainstream hobby shop Hmm. is idiotic. Because it's just like, I mean, really? So you think, do you think they should have kept it boutique? Yes. Well, why do you not need it to not be? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I cannot imagine people rushing out to order this thing at two grand. I'm actually flat out blown away that Heli Direct took this one on. Blown away. Yeah, I, 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 I got no words. I mean, I'm, I'm actually shocked that someone was like, "Yep, we're gonna sell some of these and make some money on them." Well, you never know. Hey, mon- money is them- money. Yeah, money's money. I agree. And, you know, you're not going to have to probably keep very many spares. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. But Yeah, I, I do got to give them a thumbs up, though, just because, man, they were working this design for quite some time. Seems yes. For and as I do long not- as we've been tracking it, following it, talking about it, building up. They've definitely been working it for quite a while, so it is. I don't want to cool. slam the design, and I don't want to slam the concept or the fact that they took this from concept to make it happen. I don't want to take anything away from that because that's a there is definitely oh credit yeah dude that is deserved. The there. development so, that has gone into this, the engineering, the testing is just freaking awesome. I just do not see it being a marketable product. And I think that's a fair assessment. And, you know, hey, we'll have to see. It wouldn't be the first one and it won't be the last if it turns out that way. It would be kind of cool to see people adopt it. But, again, it's it's a price thing. People are going to have to start, like, I don't know, fun flies are going to have to start providing psychiatrists. And psychologists. <laughs> when they go in. <laughs> yeah, for when they go in. Oh, because these people dude. are going to fall apart. Because here's gonna the see... deal, right? Like, this is effectively a 900 class model. And yeah. the damage goes up exponentially <laughs> with mass. Yeah. You, so did you read the specs on it? I don't know if you clicked on my news link. It says with 5,000 packs, it is nine and a half kilograms. Give that to me in American. 20.9 pounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Holy cow. I might want one just for that reason alone. Oh, that's awesome. I can see it in the classifieds right now. Uh, slight chip in bottom of canopy. Hard auto. Uh, <laughs> sold my car to get it fixed. Need to recover funds. <laughs> Uh, so, 
Four ninety five. Yeah, it, just it, have to wait it's, and see. Okay. Now, Jesse, you were saying it was either going to be a speed heli or an eight hundred that you were getting next. What do you think? Uh, not a nine hundred. Well, you know, quite frankly, unless you go baby steps on either one of them, they're about the same price to set up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, I don't have that much into the Diablo speed. So I think I think Velos wins. Hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. gonna be a lot of man crying going on. <laughs> Serious man crying. Has it, you know, that's a good question, though, Nick. Has it been crashed in testing? Oh, my God. Had to. I'd hope so. I feel like I would be. 40 millimeter boom. I feel (laughs) like I would be so sad when someone crashed it that I would actually probably giggle out loud. (laughs) It would be overwhelming. 40 millimeter boom. Yeah? It's like a baseball bat, dude. It's like a baby's arm. It's like... Don't go there, dude. (laughs) Stop! (laughs) Oh! Is that all you got for news? Anybody? Jesse? News? Not a... Rash clear up? That'd be news. Just bam, right over everybody's head, huh? No bites. Oh, no, I, I was waiting I for it. Jesse to respond. I hey, thought you rashed him directly. Yeah, you're rash. Who's rash? Oh, yeah, did you see gone. that the... Uh, it's gone. The, uh, <laughs> hey, I got talking about hey, stuff here. Hey, too. hey, Jesse hey, and I were in the middle of something. Yeah, shenanigans and debauchery. <laughs> shenanigans. They have the aluminum case icon at Helidrek. Yeah. I did not know that. I have one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Dan bought one, dude. From Really? So I guess that's it for news, huh, guys? That think so. This week's news was brought to you by nobody but us. And as Nick said last week, probably not your best reliable source of news. Nope, but it's funny. But it's a source. <laughs> but it is a source. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like rash. The, it's kind of like the tabloid of the news world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're like the Sun Magazine. Inquiry minds want to know. So what do we got this week, uh, Justin? You wanna you wanna take this one off? Yeah, I think I will. Okay, so this week, what uh, what I thought we could talk about is fun flies. We're in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've all, except for Jesse, been to one this season, <sighs> and I think we've had a pretty pretty uh, good diversity of experiences, even in the last couple of them, and of course, certainly in the last. You know, five or so years we've been in the hobby, we've got a lot that we've learned. And so let's talk prepping for a fun fly. And, and I, you know, while we do that, Dan, I also want to talk a little bit about for those listeners who haven't been to a fun fly, what in particular do you want to do to prep for your first fun fly? Well, along those lines, um, you know, the first fun fly dependent upon your your personality can be really tough to go to uh, I'm not a very outgoing person I particularly in particular I just particularly I don't like people when it comes right down to it <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, mean, I like how laughed. that, you know, he was trying to beat around the bush. He was trying to be subtle. And he's like, I just hate people. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not an outgoing person. I, I, I don't, you know, and that makes it tough, right? Because you've got a couple issues you're dealing with as a new person. Even if you are fairly experienced, if you're coming to, if you know, you're fairly competent pilot, you know, you fly safely. You may not be a smack pilot, but you feel like you can handle your machine safely and not put anybody in danger. If, you know, typically you're the kind of guy or you're, you are the person kind of like me that was flying alone and you never really had to deal with flying in front of people. And that's a huge mental hurdle that you have to get over. And that first fun fly is really, really hard because you kind of want to fly, but you're very nervous about it because you have this assumption that when you're up there flying, uh, everybody's watching and critiquing. Judging. And fun fly stopped. Yeah. they're yeah, like gathered around. Everybody right has you, stopped wrenching. Watching. They've put their beer down, right? Or their Coke or whatever they're drinking, their water. And now they're focused on you. That's just not the case. It just isn't. In fact, most people couldn't care less, exactly. quite frankly. Don't take that the other offensive way, but seriously, when you're at a fun fly, you're just you're you're either wrenching or you're hanging out with your friends and chatting if you're not flying. And that's a t- it's a tough one. And I you know there's another aspect to a fun fly that I find um it wasn't again so much the first fun fly because I didn't really know anybody. But when you do start going to your regional events, you start, you know, meeting friends. And eventually two or three fun flies into it or one or, you know, two at least, there's a social aspect. And some guys go to fun flies to just fly. That's what they're there to do. Some guys go to fun flies because they don't get to fly around other people and they just want to sit around and shoot the shit, right? They just want... They want to yep. look at your gear. They want to take a look under the lid. They want to ask people this and that and the other and try to learn some stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, some people, like our buddy George, go to fun flies to get more than 30 minutes of uninterrupted time to fix their heli from the last fun fly that they <laughs> crashed it at. Or, you know, burnt burnt it up at. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So that was cool. That's a tough one for new guys, you know. And I mean, I don't know. Do you guys remember your first fun fly? Was it like that for you? I mean, it's my first fun fly was Othello, all you know, four years ago or whatever. And it was, it was cool. No, that's not right. My first fun fly was um, was Helipros. That's Helipros. Right. I was going to say, yeah, I thought I had heard you say that yeah, before. Yeah. <clears throat> but and. That one was all right because I kind of knew, well, you know, you kind of know the Helipros guys back then. They were pretty, well, for my neck of the woods anyway, they were pretty much the only shop I used because I could order on a Tuesday and have it by Wednesday, which was nice. But, you know, you, there's so many people and it's it's that mental hurdle. You know, it's like that's the first thing you got to get over. And um, after that, you can just kind of relax and enjoy yourself. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, with regard to the mental hurdle of going up there and flying for the first couple of times and people watching you and all that, what what I found, and you know, this isn't always practical for someone going to their first fun flight, especially if like you, Dan, they've been flying alone. 
So they don't have any local buddies that they've ever flown with. But once you do get the whole friend thing going on and you've got people that you're flying and hanging out with, the best way I've found for getting getting through that mental block is to have someone come up and either fly with you or uh, or spot for you. Mm-hmm. Because then you're focused on, you, you know, that person's there. You're probably chatting with them a little bit on and off and between maneuvers. And it just gets you to kind of relax a little yeah. bit. So that that helped early on for me. Yeah. One other thing that I would suggest for guys that were in my situation that always flew alone. Uh, and you can kind of practice this at your field. You know, you're going to get to a fun fly and you're going to have a flight box. And, you know, when you're flying in a big field by yourself, you're kind of used to just using up the whole damn field. And it's a little, I remember really stressing over the fact that I can see in the corner of my eye another helicopter. That was really disturbing to me, you know, and then getting used to flying in a box, you got to practice that. I mean, you've got to kind of get a feel for it. Maybe ask somebody, you know, typically it's what, a hundred feet, 75 feet each side of you. Yeah. Yeah, and then the weird part is, you know, the first couple of times when you're flying in that box, same thing as, you know, let's say if you have trees or you're trying to fly in a small field, everything feels really close yeah. or everything was a really close call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just, just getting used to that space and knowing that, you know, okay, it is fine if I go all the way to the corners and utilizing that whole space versus making it much smaller than it actually is. Um, just because, yeah. like you mentioned, you can see all that stuff out of the corner of your eyes, so you're making sure you stay a long ways away from it. And a result of that is you made your usable space a whole lot smaller. Yeah, and also what I used to do, and I don't really do it anymore. If if you if you want to kind of fly big, you know, you got to take it a little further out. So you like go to the far edge of your box, and then you can fly out, you know, out further away, and you can kind of get a little bigger with it. Um. Or fly at uh, one of the ends of the there you go. Fly of at the, the end. field. And you yeah. got a whole big spot that you can use. But Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, thinking back, my first fun fly was Snohomish. And I'm pretty sure, Nick, that you and I were both there. That I, mean, I think that was both our first fun fly, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, the the nice part about the Snohomish fun fly is that they've got a north and a south flight line. And the north flight line is where all the people that are comfortable generally with flying would, would go. And it was, you know, there are five flight stations. It was pretty much packed. And at times you'd have to wait in line. South flight line, not so much. It's much more relaxed. People don't want to go that way because of the way that the sun is and all that. I found the easiest way to get sort of comfortable flying around other people was just to go to the South Flight Line the first couple of times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a shocker. I mean, that's one heck of a first fun fly to go to because it's it's big a one. big fun fly. Yeah, and I remember being very just like, oh my gosh, wow, there's so many. I mean, we had never really seen people fly like really well. Yep. And that that was a big shocker. Big, big shocker. Like, wow, okay. Got a lot of work. Don't want to fly here. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just gonna watch. Yeah, in fact, I I think it was probably the year after that 
you know, you guys just mentioned it was your first fun fly. I'm thinking it was probably the year after that was when I went down to Snohomish and I didn't bring a heli or anything. It was the first fun fly that I went to, to watch, hang out. And, you know, you've all heard the story numerous times. It was one where I bought my T-Rex 500 after it, right. in pieces, in pieces after it, you know, crashed into a piece of plywood with a bullseye on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the the first fun fly I ever went to, I guess I didn't even bring a helicopter. Um, it was more of a, you know, I did at that point in time, I was literally just hovering and I just slowly transitioning into forward flight and you know, didn't feel like bringing any helis, went down for the whole day and kind of just hung out and tried to do the networking, socializing uh, thing. Just talked with people and watched them flying. Right. Yeah, which I think, you know, if it's your first, don't feel like you have to fly. You know, go out and fly if you feel comfortable, but there's a lot to be had, you know, and learned and uh, experience and just talk to people and, you know, maybe wait till Sunday or something like that to get a couple flights in and just, you know, do what you feel comfortable with. But I think Justin, you know, flying with the spotter, someone that you feel comfortable with, is a huge difference because I still do that. Like yeah. if I'm, you know, at Othello, there's a great example. When I was just not feeling it, I wasn't in a groove. I wasn't feeling good about my flying, nothing. It was the only enjoyable flights that I got there, the ones that I had, you know, one of you guys come out there and we just started screwing around and laughing. Yeah. You know, and and then it was like all of a sudden I wasn't at a fun fly anymore. And then it was fun again. Yeah, that's the key. It it takes your mind because when you're there alone, all you're yeah. thinking about is what you're doing and how everyone behind you is judging it. Yep. Yep. But, you know, you get get in that zone with a friend and it's a lot easier. So, okay, you know, we talked a little bit about the initial mental hurdles in getting to the first fun fly. Once you're there and once you're actually sort of breaking out of the mold and trying to do some flying or interacting with people, there is the next mental hurdle, and that is fun fly etiquette, a lot of which is sort of unspoken rules, right? So what 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 are your experiences, your first experiences with etiquette? Have you guys... Have you guys run into a situation where you acted in the wrong way and didn't really realize it until someone pulled you aside and said, hey, dude, that's kind of not how it goes? I don't. I never really had that issue except when I was at a fun fly where planks were involved. Oh, oh mm-hmm. dude, yes. yeah. Jesse, I have. By plankers during after a demo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did a a, a wall, kind of a, a nose-down wall, but not straight at me, but coming towards, you know, coming towards the flight line. And, I mean, we're talking nowhere near. As far as helicopter guys would be concerned, this would be a normal maneuver. Oh, yeah, way, a ways out there. But they asked after that. Hey, you know, we had a really bad experience here once where someone was flying straight towards the flight line 
and lost control and it went over everyone's head and and it was really bad. So we don't do that anymore. I was like, oh, you may not do that, but I do it all the goddamn time. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll make sure I don't crash. Right. There goes half yeah. of my maneuvers I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that's the only. Yeah. I that's the only time I have ever been asked or talked to. I've seen a well, lot I, of douchebaggery. I kind of think even like you mentioned, Dan, just the unknown about you know if you want to fly bigger, go further out and go way beyond, or go find the corner one. Don't just assume. Oh, they'll you know. They'll move out of the way. Like, I can uh, pick up the flight line. Or for example, the last when we were the last uh, Helipros fun fly we were at, Nick, you and I were out there flying. Oh yeah, and that I guy did that this. hurricane right around your heli. Oh yeah, yeah, around <laughs> my helicopter. Right See now, you know, yeah. there's there's sort of stretching the rules, and then there's blatantly crapping on them, and that yes. sounds to me like it was just intentional. He did eventually see, apologize, he too, didn't he? Yeah, but he only apologized because people went over and were like, wow, that was a really big douchebag thing. <laughs> Nick that he even did. yelled at him while yeah. he was flying. <laughs> yeah, while I was flying. <laughs> okay, and so it, that's that's a great topic, and that's flight box etiquette. I mean, what if you're flying next to two people, there there's a person on either side, and you kind of know the boundaries of your flight boxes. Um, are you going to hold those boundaries hard and stay away from, you know, give yourself margin or do you feel like you can kind of stretch it and Hey, okay, I know he's over on the other side of his flight box. So I'm going to come around a little bit over here. As long as you're not in the vicinity Only if of his model. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. you, you just flying with a, a spotter at a fun fly for me is, Probably the single best thing that you can do yeah. to avoid 99% of problems. Because if your spotter is actually doing their job, they're going to be like, hey, someone's flying. Someone's, you know, hugging the left side of their box over here off your right side. So just stay over off to your left. And then it's never a problem. You, you know, it's not it's you're going to prevent a lot of weird situations where, you know, oh, well, we ran into each other. Well, Whose fault was it? Well, you were here. No, you were here. And, yeah. you know. Yeah, just. He said, she said, you know, and another exactly. thing, too, you'll learn, uh, especially regional events where pretty much the same group of guys show up every time. You're going to kind of learn after a couple of fun flies who, you know, depend upon who's flying. Like, uh, maybe I'll just stay on the ground for a little bit. You know what I mean? Await. Oh, yeah. Await no. Yeah. Like, pilot yeah. X gets done because. Typically, you know, he, he's known for, or she, if the case may be, known for maybe taking up a little bit. Yeah, of big air type. Yeah, yeah you're going to be nervous the whole box. time. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Or they just blatantly, like, I'm going to fly wherever I want. And, and that's yeah. an unfortunate thing. But, you know, it, yeah, you got to pick your battles. Some some of the pilots are, it's it's funny, usually the guys that aren't as good will get talked to about that. But the pilots that are good just kind of get to get away with kinda whatever they want. By, yeah. mm -hmm. Because yeah. they're Jason doing Krause it and comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> There's a gentleman who pushes the limits of flight box etiquette. Uh, when he's flying on the far left-hand side of the field <laughs> and he does like a six-inch off-the-ground inverted pass all the way to the far right end 
in directly in front of Matt Bodo's. <laughs> yeah, so he'll be down on one end of the field, five flight stations down, and he'll see that Matt is flying all the way at the other end. So he'll he'll feel the need to mess with him all the way from one end to the other. And it's, you know, there's no, yeah, yeah, I don't even know what to know what to say. It's usually all in good fun. Uh, one advantage there is that, like, in his case, he's extremely proficient. And I don't believe that he would ever, I don't think that he would ever do anything like. To intentionally. If yeah. he thought that there was a high risk that something would actually happen. What, you know, he's in control and he knows what he's doing. But he kind of, you know, comes across as not that to other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear that, Nick. I think he, if you don't know him, you'll think, wow, that guy's being reckless. But yeah. he is in complete control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there is a lot of other etiquette parts to a fun fly that don't have to do with flying. Yes, there are. Ooh, I got one. And oh, go ahead. It's a it's an unspoken. Now this is something that I follow, but don't pick up other people's helis. Yes. Don't touch it. Don't touch. That's my that's helis. true. I mean, I don't. That's unless you ask first. Right. Unless you ask. Yeah, if you ask, but don't. Well, yeah, I, I've seen people just pick it up. How much does it weigh? Well, yeah, do the whole thing. I have no problem. Once you ask, you can put it up on the table, pull the canopy off, do whatever. You you want to know yeah, what just, my favorite one is along those lines, Jesse? They that? have come to my table. They've picked it up. They're currently <laughs> holding it in their hand, and they look at me and they say, oh, you don't mind if I pick up your heli, right? <laughs> no, dude, <laughs> do fact, your thing, yeah. man. You know, yeah, like, in fact, now that you've asked, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's pretty that's bad. Um uh, all right, Justin. Are you ready? Oh yeah. I know I know I know, exactly. I know what he's gonna say. I know. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to don't leave your mess and I'm gonna make it standardized so I don't single you out. <laughs> so don't, don't leave your you out. Well, no, because if you single me out, you are over uh, emphasizing it. Yes. Don't leave your mess in other people's area. And do not, this goes hand in hand with do not walk around a fun fly with your helicopter, setting it down wherever you feel you need to stop and flab your lips. Okay, I feel like there needs to be some clarification here as I have been directly implicated in this particular conversation. Yes, but with you, it's more of a, it's a joke. Justin has a thing for all of our newer listeners that he, his, his table etiquette is like, you'll just come back and all of a sudden he'll have like a heli over on your table, half tore apart, and he kind of spreads his work out. Uh, with his attention and it's not intentional and then you walk up and you're like really and he's like oh you need me to move that <laughs> and it's it's almost a guaranteed because i feel like at some point during almost every fun fly nick will look over at me look at the table and then we'll yep. both laugh <laughs> yeah it's every yeah, fun but fly. usually it it's is- just that i set my heli down that I, was that the point. Matter. that's the point that's the point <laughs> 
you set it down and it's like wait a yeah, minute that's because when we two- set up our tent you don't bother to ask hey dude do you you want to put your table up here too so you douche me into the side table so that, now <laughs> i have to walk around all your crap and through someone else's tent to get to my freaking table yeah yeah so yeah. your table and... gets used ever so often and most of the time yeah, it's so towards the end when you're not even oh, flying anymore yeah eric comes. okay we'll start taking pictures we'll document this yeah don't worry i will gladly document this it's okay I mean, it's become a joke now. You just need to accept it and go, yes, I do that, and I'm okay with it. I don't leave messes. That is not me. But there are people that, you know, I don't know if it's like they're they're looking for help or they're maybe they're just, their intention was to walk from one end down to show their buddy something with their heli at the other, but they stop and socialize on the way, and they just walk right up. And it's like, oh, this is getting kind of heavy. Now, I'm not going to set it down on the ground. I'm going to find the closest table to set it down. And then I'm going to set it down. And you know what happens? This is what happens. And this is what just drives me insane. I will be flying. So I'm walking back. Now, when I'm flying, my table is empty because I took my helicopter that I'm flying. But now I'm walking back from the flight line with a helicopter that is plugged in and someone's stuff is on my table, like right in the middle. And either they are over there talking or they're nowhere to be found. And now you have that. I mean, I'm safety oriented when it comes to that. I am not going to, I'm, I don't even like to let go of my helicopter and leave it even mildly unattended while it's plugged into strictly for safety i like to keep the radio in one hand then i'll set it i have a little routine unplug you know take the canopy off i want space to do it i don't want to bump my radio accidentally so it just sucks when you're standing there and you need to unplug your helicopter and it's like all right who shits on my table looks like i got a new helicopter (laughs) so then you're just kind of sitting there waiting and waiting oh 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 you need me to move that no, I brought the table all the way from my house with full intentions of providing you with a surface to work and set your stuff on. That's really why I did it. Just for you. Here's your card. Here's your card. <laughs> so that's high on my list. Uh, another one that is high on my list, generator etiquette. Generator etiquette. If you are going to go down the road... Of the inexpensive, don't buy a cheap-ass loud generator, damn it. Cheap-ass loud generator. I'm not going to tell you that that's not fine, because I understand everyone has a different budget. I get it. We all want to fly. But you need to come to terms with the fact that you have a cheap, loud-ass generator, and you need to make accommodations to everyone else so that everyone else doesn't have to hear your Cheap, loud-ass generator. Buy a really long extension cord, which will probably cost you the same price that you paid for, for your, your generator. generator. Or you're yeah, going to get exactly. no power by the time. <laughs> that needs to be at minimum. Like minimum 100, 100 feet. feet long. Yes. And then, you know what works great? I mean, okay. <laughs> Othello, great example. 
I'm not going to single this person out because I think they're probably, oh, I bet you that was me. If you show up and you choose to run your generator, if I have to take my fold-up table and place it in a in a 90-degree formation on its side to shield the noise coming out of your generator. <laughs> that happened because otherwise we would not have gotten to sleep. Yes, and which brings up another point. Under no circumstance is any distance acceptable at night for a loud-ass generator. Now, we get it. There are people that uh, need to run their generator at night. Dan, you're in that spot. But guess what? Those people know that and always have quiet generators. It's not, and they're courteous of that. It's not a big deal. But if you're that guy with that 4,000 watt champion out there at two o'clock in the morning, bah, I'm going to start taking bolts out. Next time. <laughs> like, is he welding with that? <laughs> I, guess what? I work on cars. I can do well, some and crazy I've, I've shit to your generator. To people about it, and they're like, "Oh, dude, that's on eco throttle." Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, generator etiquette. Do you wish there was a flybarless system that could make you throw down like a pro? Well, now there is. The Spartan Vortex flybarless system is offering some of the most advanced features seen on the market today making sure that you'll be flying like a pro in no time. So what are you waiting for? Go and get your Vortex Flybarless system today. Results may vary based on pitch, response time, age, head speed, brand of heli, time of the year, crash budget, number of friends cheering you on, size of helicopter, temperature, wind, servos, weight of heli, willingness to take risks. Contact your favorite hobby shop about getting your Spartan Flybarless system today. For more information, check out www.bkdesignsllc.com. I got one. Tool okay. etiquette. Ah, very How good How do we one. do tools and supplies? Dan, I want you to take this one. <laughs> I feel like you're you're pinning me in a corner here. You're setting me no. up. No, Dan. No, I don't think you because... are typically a perpetrator of this of this issue, but at Othello, you had a unique situation, didn't you? Yes. But only one time. Yeah. That's all. Well, I... As he's backing into the corner. Yeah, I'm backing into a corner. <laughs> you guys are setting me up. I can feel it. You sons of bitches. It's like, no, 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 no you're but okay. I feel Go that ahead. Go ahead. Y- your laugh. take is very important because you've seen both sides of the Yeah, bed. and you felt bad about it, too. There are lots of people that do it that don't feel bad about it. Yeah, I... Look, I hate asking to borrow tools. I hate it. Um, when I do have to ask to borrow tools, I it doesn't always happen, but I try to be very conscious of when I'm done with that tool immediately. Either put it back right where I found it or hand it to whoever who I borrowed it from immediately. Doesn't doesn't mean it happens every time because there's been two fun flies now where I haven't had my trailer where that was just the situation. 
And it's a, it's a shitty place to be. I don't like it. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. I just don't have, at this point, the room. But I that's the, god damn it, you know, I miss having the trailer at the fun fly for that. And it's, what sucks about it is like, you know, you, like Nick has a trailer. I have a trailer. We all know that. But I know that I have the odds and ends to make shit happen. I know that I have wire. I know that I have servo shit. I know that I have, you know. Soldering you know, kit and all of that. Going to a yeah. fun fly, mm-hmm. you know, it's and it's inevitable. Uh, typically, you know, you, you sit back and you're like, all right, I need to bring, you know, the four side, the four major drivers, right? couple other little uh, screwdrivers, whatever, pliers, cutters. doesn't matter how much thought you put into it. The tool you need, you're not going to bring. Inevitably, you know, you got to be that guy. Hey, man, you got to. But I think that's okay because I, I think it's okay to ask. It's okay to borrow because there is so much weird stuff that we use. Um, it, it's more of the, how you ask and, and did you put in an effort? You know, it, mm-hmm. if you're a wrencher, some people come to the fun fly and that's when they wrench is that fun flies. Then, you know, it's good etiquette to bring as much as you can and you're going to miss something and that's okay because hopefully you can return the favor when someone's like, oh no, yeah, yeah, I got that. Hey, do you got this? Oh yeah, here I got one. It's not a big deal. If you're not a wrencher and you're not a big flyer and you're not a big crasher, then, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal to travel light and to borrow stuff. I think it's it's all, you know, you know, going into it's, it. It's in moderation. I mean, I, I what I want what I want the beginner listeners to take away is that, you know, I I would say asking for a couple of tools now and then is not that big of a deal. If you're no. the type of guy that has to literally start walking up and down the flight line, not because you can't find what you need, but because you've already asked everyone within a 20-foot radius of you, and now you have to start asking other people so that you don't get told off to your face, then you probably haven't brought enough tools. So, I mean, yeah. err on the side of bringing more than you think you need. And more often than not, you're going to find that you don't even touch that thing. And over yep. the years, you'll gain the experience and you'll know, look, I know that I don't need this. This is the tool set I'm going to use. If I really absolutely need something crazy, I know so-and-so will let me borrow it. And you should never feel bad about yeah. asking to borrow. I mean, you shouldn't because it, it, and a buddy system works great too. You know, like Justin, Justin's got a really nice little battery powered Dremel kit, right? Am I thinking yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know he has that. He's consistent at bringing it. And so if I'm traveling, if I'm not bringing my trailer and I'm packing everything like in our, in our travel trailer, I intentionally don't bring that because I know he's going to have it. Um, but then in trade, I still, you know, I bring a lot of stuff. I'm usually really good about connectors and servo wire and building stuff from scratch tools and, you know, that sort of a thing. And he always knows, hey, you got any of this? Hey, you got any of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, not a problem. So working a buddy system, if you can, works really good. Um, not everyone has to bring everything. Just kind of, you know, talk it out. 
be like, hey, could you bring this? Because I don't want to pack mine. Or I'm, I'm running light on room this time. So I'm not going to bring this, but I will bring it. I got to admit, I was shocked when Justin told me he didn't bring his soldering kit to Othello. Because I don't yeah. think I've ever seen you not have that. In fact, yep, it's true. I was kind of like, well, Justin will have his soldering kit, so I'll be all right. Yeah, but yeah. And well, Othello was kind of like we were talking. Othello was kind of an experiment for me because I tend to be that person where I'm coming to the fun fly, and I know I've got a couple of things that I need to work on. But this time around, I didn't, and so I tried to pack accordingly, and, and you maybe I kind of douched you. Yeah. yeah. You something, bitch. Well, and you were also, I mean, you traveled completely with me and my family, so, you know, I know that you were erring on the packing lighter yeah. side. It wasn't like you, you know, were traveling in your own car, and you got to that point where it's like, all right, I'm all packed. Oh, God, I got a ton of room left. I'll yeah, grab I'll throw this, this and this in. and this. Yeah. So, again, I I think it's you know make sure and bring them back to nothing worse than people that that borrow you something. Track your tools down. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's bad. <laughs> so let's see what else. Um, Here here's one that you know. Okay, so for us, example, you know, we try the four of us try to to camp in a relative in the same area, you know, cause we're typically we're doing a podcast or so we try to stay kind of close. Right. So we're kind mm-hmm. of always a visual on where everybody's at. So if we need to talk about something for the show, so one of us always shows up first. And typically it's been me because especially Othello, I can leave a little bit earlier. You guys generally, I try to get there in the morning. You guys leave after work out or whatever. Right. So, what is the proper procedure? I to you know because you know I know that you guys are going to be bringing your rigs, and so I get there and I park, and then I try to save spot. Right. What is the proper procedure for saving a spot? I generally throw maybe a chair there, something to you know, or something that someone would have to run over, you know, or at least stop and yeah. say, well, what's going on here? Um, th- that can get a little sticky sometimes. Oh, you betcha it can get sticky. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's no different than any other aspect in life. You walk up and you got, you know, you see one person there and they've got like eight spots saved. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm saving these going, for my buddies. Yeah, you're thinking, dude, I just freaking... I put the time in to drive here early so that I could get a good spot. And I've been on the other side of that too. Where like that. I've been the last one able to leave after work. And uh, you know, you really want to get that one spot. I uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I think there's a limit. I there's got you know, there's a limit. I you know, for us it's been fairly easy because typically there is four of us, but there's only two of us with trailers. So we really only need two spots. Because the tent, you know, Justin will sleep in a tent, Jesse will sleep in a tent. So we it's not like we need to take up a whole bunch of room, but still, it still gets awkward at times, right? Because people mm-hmm. are coming in, 
and they want to squeeze in as close as they can. And I'm thinking, well, I'm trying to save room for uh, another rig that's got slide outs. Plus we got, you know, four pop-ups that we're going to kind of stack in top of each other, you know, only two wide, two deep, you know? So like four of them essentially kind of in a square. You know, I'm going to lean towards, I don't know why this has anything to do with it, but I think it's kind of how you mark it out. I think if you, I, I when I pull up, I never have a problem. Uh, if I pull up and someone actually has like something taped off, they threw a chair up, bring a roll of caution tape, you know, it's like, oh, okay, someone put, that must be important to them. To save that spot. Yeah, I mean, most people aren't going to see that and try to find the dude that did it and say, move your damn tape, I'm yeah. parking there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if it's but, just like you an know, empty spot and there's an empty, you know, like soda pop bottle in the middle, that's not yeah, going to one, one chair sitting in the middle, you're kind of like, uh, really? Do, do, are, are you even sure your buddy's coming? Because I need to know your commitment level to saving that spot. <laughs> <laughs> How weird is that? I know that's really weird. Ooh, but you know what goes along with that? Ever this is this is serious fun fly etiquette. Each pilot is entitled to a ten foot wide slot on the main flight line. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That, this is actually a serious rule. I mean, and I'm I'm freaking dead serious. If you go out there and set up two 10 by 10 side by side or a 10 by 20 lengthwise, like, and try and get around center stage, I'm not talking if you're way off down on the end by yourself. You know, none of this applies to that. But then, then you just put up one four by eight table in the middle of it. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, that dude. is so <laughs> not, that is rude. Yeah. I mean, that really is. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, because what that then forces people to do is, uh, like you said, Dan, stack, yeah. stack sort of like vertically across the flight mm-hmm. line. So now you've got two 10 by 10s front and back, and it that makes it a lot more difficult. Like I was giving Nick a hard time about having to walk around his crap and into someone else's tent. But seriously, joking aside. That is a pain in the butt because I've been coming into the uh, back into the pits or going out to the flight line with my stuff and I've tripped over wires or someone else's equipment. So I'm with you, Nick. I, I'm I'm willing to dig my but, heels in on that, too. Yeah, it ends up that way because usually when we get there, we only have one slot right. saved for our yep. vehicle, even though we might have two or three people traveling with us. And, I mean, okay, at the end of the day, it would be our responsibility that if we really wanted those spots, I should hop on Amazon and ship Dan uh, a a roll of caution tape. Be like, hey, can you mark me off, measure me out 30 feet, three three spots wide for me, Justin, and Jesse, and mark those off, please. I'm going to give you everything because there is nothing worse and this, I think this is a, a valid douchebag thing to do. Then to call your buddy and be like, dude, save me a spot. With what? 
What do you What do you want me to put out there? A towel? We're not at the beach. I'm going to stand there with a shotgun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, stand there the whole time. Yeah, but okay, I've had local friends do that, but we've coordinated and I've taken their 10 by 10. Well, and so okay, then I'll that's show up I mean. and set up a 10 by 10. That is where it is. That's the level of acceptability. Yeah, that's all Absolutely. Help them save your spot for right. you. You know, don't just call and be like, dude, can you save me a spot? Like, can, I don't know, just like set a chair out or something like that, because that's where it gets sticky. And then I'm like, all right, yeah. Uh, you're- and now all of a sudden you're defending that spot against your yeah. will. But you don't have to, if it's clearly marked out, like with a pop-up or, or caution tape, you don't have to defend it. I mean, that puts it in marked out spot category. Not just half-ass hold for maybe if they show up, but I'm not sure when. But I'm going to save this good spot for them, kind of, sort of, I think. Yeah, the, I think the other thing to factor in there is the closer you get to the center of the flight line, the more important it becomes. that To do it clearly. That, that it's very clearly done, yeah. Yes. Because out near the edges, I mean, you could probably throw a chair there, be fine. I don't think people are... You know, if, if they've already come late enough that they're looking for spots out that far, it's probably not going to be a huge deal. But initially, right at the center, you know, center stage, yeah, it can it can be quite an issue. Yeah, and it, it is a pain in the ass, especially when you are. I mean, Dan, I, I would say that I would even put myself in the category of I host you at Othello. <laughs> and it caused me aggravation because, I, you know, we put you under the assumption, hey, save us a spot. But we didn't give you anything to, you know, to save it or mark it out properly. And you're pretty casual about it. So you just, you know, hey, oh, yeah, no, hey, make sure and leave a spot open. Well, I get there and there was a guy completely doing, he was hoarding, he was taking two spots himself. And then on top of that, it was so like I was, I had to drive my truck through and drop and unhook. Then I couldn't even barely get my truck through. Because he was crowding over even that much more and getting it unhooked. And it, it was just, I mean, it was a nightmare. And that's my fault. Well, we also had the situation where the sprinkler head was sort of like smack dab in the middle of where we needed to pull in. Yeah, empty spot. And there's a big, tall sprinkler <laughs> head sitting right in the middle of it. And I'm like, oh, sure, I'll just, I'll whip my quad cab truck down there and park my 24 foot trailer, you know. And then try and weasel between two pop-ups. I mean, we were so close pulling out of there, uh, driving back through the field, that I made Justin go with me, and we tucked the mirrors in and drove between oh, two yeah, pop-ups. Dude. It, was, tr- nice. it was pretty tight. <laughs> it was, like, super tight. Trying to find a place to get out because it's at night, and you're trying to be quiet, you know, trying to not drive around with my headlights on out in the middle of the field. <laughs> At one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. What? Drifted down the flight line. You know, I I think next fun fly, I'm going to, I'm going to experiment a little bit. Do you think that a rubber pile of dog shit would be enough to turn someone away from putting their stuff down? No, because there was a real pile of dog shit right where you guys were supposed to park. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks dan dan's like this will be perfect oh yeah it didn't and turn you away because you didn't have to 
park there. There was a, yeah, there was an actual real pile of dog shit there that got picked up. So anything else? What what I, I as soon as I start thinking about them, then they start coming yeah. out. Maybe makes me sound like an angry planker, but <laughs> no, I, I think this has been good. I, I I would I'd say you know the the one last thing I would want to know is after all of this and having gone through all these different fun flies, good and bad, what what are your best and worst experiences? at a fun fly or or just one or the other if you can't come up with both of them too jeez you know for me one of the best highlights um and this I know you guys are going to go wow really what um i think one of the coolest things that i have seen at a fun fly ooh i'm going to go two i'll go two too good and too bad uh First highlight timeline-wise was the very first time that the A-Main crew came to Snohomish. Oh, dude, that's a good one. And they had five of them flying at night under the lights all at once. And they were just hanging it out and throwing it down. And it, it was entertainment factor off the charts. You know, as it, it ended up just dispersing as the years went on. But when it was when it was a good thing... You know, back in that time when it was just raw, they were there to fly and have fun. In its raw form, it was awesome. I mean, just awesome to watch. And I really enjoyed that. Um, Second on my list of awesomes. uh, You know, there was a moment where we were, where I came out of my trailer at our fun fly and was getting ready to walk back um, back down to the bottle knot contest mm-hmm. and, and seeing an unnamed person, a higher profile person stand there and fly, you know, with a couple buddies, throwing it down, um, you know, incredible flying. But uh, seeing everyone about three flight stations down, and I mean the entire fun fly out there, participating in the bottle knot contest laughing and cheering on and, and and laughing with and laughing at and supporting and just all the pilots were out there and everyone at that point was even everyone was everyone at that fun fly was even and to see that level of camaraderie it was like that moment right there was a really big deal to me on this is what a fun fly is about. Like we can go to Urcha and we can see incredible people fly. And you know what? Watching top level professional flying is extremely entertaining, but it is not why I got in this hobby. And it's not what I enjoyed the most in this hobby. And so that moment for me it became very clear on what my priorities were. That's that's a good but, one, dude. It is a that's good yeah. one. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Uh, uh two worsts. Man, I gotta say that damn that that heli pros fun fly. Oh. <laughs> 
I think you just Dude. stole a couple of other yeah. people's words, oh, yeah. Nick. You know, and it wasn't their fault. That's the thing. It, it wasn't anything that they did. It was just that it was uh, 105. The They got bugs there like, I mean, I'd personally drop a nuke to deal with them because they're big and they're mean and they bite <laughs> and they, it just wasn't, it was so hot, such a long drive to get there, and it had been such a big fun fly prior years mm-hmm. that to go there and have it be the first year that it dropped dramatically, I was extremely disappointed. So, um, again, nothing against telepros, but that was a, I would chalk that up as a wasted trip. And then this last Othello, I would say, was my second lowest for me. Just because I couldn't get anything. Nothing seemed to work right on that trip. That was just one of those where everything went wrong. Um, Yeah. Hmm. I'll go next. I, um... The first... I And I don't know. I don't... I don't know if it's the best because a lot of the experiences we had at our fun fly was probably pretty close to the best experience but one that really sticks out for me was um the heli pros fun fly the year before the one you were talking about nick (laughs) and i gotta tell you why is because um that was right before version two kicked up again and I hadn't been flying for a long time, um, but I, on a whim, decided to head out to that fun fly about a week or so. I was there about four days before it started. And so it was a, it was kind of a surreal uh, kind of moment because it was like my first time where I was kind of hanging out you know, with some high-profile people. Bobby Watts was there, and I remember I was in the, in the mid-air shop and he just showed up and it was kind of weird to have him walk around the corner, you know, cause I don't know. It's just like that. Wow. That that's Bobby Watts standing right there. You know, it was just kind of that strange feeling and then hanging out, watching him fly the prototype. And then the night fly he did with the night rider thing. Um, you guys remember that he did, he, yep. you know, where he, with the fireworks and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, um, it was just a really kind of a cool moment because there were a lot of people there, right? And he did the fireworks show. And and then when he did that Night Rider, you know, dark pass, you know, and the music came on and everyone, it just, it like the whole crowd, you could just feel the energy in the crowd because it was like, we saw that on video, you know, and holy shit, he's doing it here now. You know, it was just kind of a cool cool experience mm-hmm. and it was just a really good awesome fun fly it was just a good few days and it, that was the one that kind of lit the whole i think i do want to get back into this hobby after you know a year or so of you know not even looking at helis so that was a really good one and the i can't really think that there's a a worst experience but i can tell you this one one and it was really kind of strange. Our last fun fly, 
um, I'm, you know, the fun flies, I'm, I was always the last one to leave cause I was taking the lights into, you know, back into Spokane. And so I was, I came back to the field to get the last light and there was absolutely nobody there. And it was just off of that fantastic weekend. And I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, I'm hooking up to the light and I'm kind of looking around and looking at this empty field. It was just kind of this, oh, damn it. I kind of want to hit rewind, you know? Do it all over again. I want again. to do it yeah. all over yeah, again. Yeah, reset. It was kind of a, I don't know, that that kind of a sadness. It's like, I can't believe it's over. It was such an awesome weekend. I cannot believe it's over and it sucks that it's over. But, yeah, you know, yeah. and I was just kind of looking around and it's like, you know, you just, you can kind of, you're looking at this empty field, you're looking at the center stage and you're, you're, you're seeing, you know, in your mind, you're kind of envisioning the, the various experiences or interactions you had with listeners and other people. You're, you're like experiencing them again, but you know, it's, you're just thinking about it and it's like, wow, you know, and then it's over. So field's empty, all the garbage is picked up. It looks just like what it did when we got here and yeah. now it's time to get in the truck and go home. And that, you know, I don't know, sentimental-ish, but still kind of a, not a no, good I feeling. No, I can appreciate oh, yeah. that, dude. I That's feel true. that way all the time. I mean, the anticipation leading up to an event is sometimes, I mean, just overwhelming. It's like, holy crap, we got a fun fly. I can't wait. You think it through. You remember, mm-hmm. you know, back to previous awesome fun flies. And then before you know it, it's Sunday. And you kind of get up and drag your feet because you don't really want to leave and you're going to get a couple of flights in to kind of drag it out a bit. But, you know, it's it's over until the next one. Yeah. Yep. But as well, far as, I'll go next. You know, the um, just real quick, I think the the most negative, and again, we're not going to name any names. Nick kind of alluded to it. Um. Unfortunately, it happened at our fun fly, but that was the experience that we had with some pilots there was extremely unpleasant. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah, that was the biggest for me. Disappointing. Um, yeah. In a number of ways, which is, you know, I guess it is what it is, but. Yeah, but it, it worked out. It it. It was bittersweet in that one because I don't think that if we would have, if we wouldn't have seen that, I don't think that we all wouldn't have came together and went, all right, now we know where our core beliefs lie because, you know, it it took, yeah, what our focus is on when it comes to our fun fly because it, it, it took a quote unquote pro pilot, you know, really dropping the ball and doing all of that for us to realize, you know what? That. We do not need that. And we thought we did. We, you know? I think we all honestly thought we did. We did. Yeah. Oh, we did. We needed to have yep. a big name yep. come. And I got to tell you, even though that big name was such a disappointment at the time, uh, we had an absolute oh, yeah. blast yep. and they didn't affect it at all in any way, shape or form. Yeah. True. To the point where I had the most fun I've ever had at a fun yeah. fly. So And we got yeah. that You're feedback true. from a lot of people. That exact feedback. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But anyway, yep. that when it comes to an actual fun fly, that was probably the actual uh, the, the the real kind of negative 
other than that other one I mentioned. But that's it for me. I'm going to go next. Mine, mine are pretty simple because they're actually kind of the same, almost the same exact experience. RCHN2 last year. You remember the rainstorm? Yes. Oh, oh man. Dude, Hit that. that. That sucked because we had, you know, we had busted our asses to get that put together. Not that we hadn't on RCHN1. But two, you know, it's like it's the second year. You got to go bigger and better and, you know, make all the improvements. And so we had really put a lot of effort into that. And this rainstorm comes and just not not just destroy stuff physically like, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of tents and such. But I think it really destroyed the mood for a lot of people like, I, you know, we ended up going back to uh, your camper, right, Nick? And I think, Dan, yep. you had gotten hurt, Dan, mm-hmm. uh, trying to hold up the the tent with the rest of us from blowing away. Uh, so, you know, everyone was kind of in their own little thing. I felt terrible for Dan having gotten hurt, and he was in, in you know, not in a good state. So he's off doing his thing. We're all moping around the Nick's camper. Um, I was getting high and, legally. Yeah. Know. Okay. Well, there you go. And, and ev- <laughs> everyone else was kind of just like, all right, we're, you know, people went out to dinner or they left and went somewhere else or they hung out in their camp. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this sucks. How are we going to recover from this? What if it happens again tomorrow? You know, just, just a disaster. Uh, however, after all of that cleared up, and, and I can remember very, uh, very, very uh, profoundly that there was a moment I'm sitting in Nick's camper and he's he's basically passed out like you were tired, dude, because you guys, you and Jesse drove in and didn't get there until like two thirty or three that morning. So you're yeah. falling asleep and I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? OK, the night's over. I'm going to go to sleep. Uh, and something hit me. I said. No, I'm going to go back to the to the front and center, to center stage, just to see if there's anyone else out. Went over there. There were a couple of people hanging out, and I figured, you know, we'll we'll see what what happens, how it goes. We ended up hanging out, waiting for the rain to stop. We turned the construction lights on. About six or eight of us. We got the barbecue out, and we were grilling stuff up and flying uh, under the spotlights until like three in the morning and all it was was pure fun there was no i fly better than you or look what i can do Mm -hmm. people went out there and they gave it their best i mean they threw down they had a blast we were joking and laughing and that that's an experience that will stick with me for a while in terms of being a great experience that's a good one yeah that was it reminds me of uh it reminds me of was it Saturday night at Urcha when there was no one there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Everyone left and it was just, you know, maybe what a dozen mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. hanging out. I mean, th- dude, there was no one there. And we grabbed up my mom had made all of this pork, pork 15 pounds like, of pork chops. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and they had been marinating like the whole trip, and so we just started throwing stuff on. And then it was it was literally like, okay, grab every edible food item that we can find that can be barbecued or eaten, and put it all yep. out there. Like we're just yep. we're just gonna buy our food on the way home because we were leaving in the morning. Screw it, let's cook it all. And we we sat there with probably a dozen, maybe twenty people tops. And just laughed and shot the shit and ate. Rocked out. And rocked out. I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. Then we turned the music up, had the music going. I mean, that was, again, just down home. That fun. was good. That was good. That was a good time. Justin, do you have a, a, a negative? Or was that, was that the, all wrapped into one? The storm was my negative. Okay. Because I thought at that point we were screwed. Oh, yeah. And it was then not it looking good. And completely turned around. Especially when there's like four inches of water running down the flight line. Oh, yeah. Into the drains and yeah, small rivers forming. <laughs> what about you, well, Jesse? For me, so I'll start off with the negative experience. It definitely goes right along with Nick, that Billings, Montana, Helipros fun fly. And I think the main thing for me is just remembering as, you know, the first time the the furthest fun fly that we had traveled to, how excited we were on the way over there. I mean, it was just this, we were, we basically all had a high just from the excitement and building up to it for the previous week. And then the whole drive over, it just, you know, the the drive over there went really, really fast. You're excited to get to the event. And then I just remember pulling up there and going, what did we just drive 16 hours for? Yeah, and it was instantaneous. Or 18, you know, however long it took us to get there, because we were just so, you know, just thoroughly excited. And it was just like a light switch where we just kind of look at each other and go, you have got to be kidding me. Well, how did you know instantly that it was going to be bad? So there's like two trailers there. Yeah. Oh, And, wow. and it was supposed to be like the second day. <laughs> Yeah, I think we got there. When did we get there? We got there Friday Thursday afternoon? No. Thursday. No, we got there Thursday night. Yeah, or Thursday evening. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking tomorrow's the first day of the fun fly. And we pulled up and I kid you not, there was like Dan. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I think <laughs> yours was the only trailer there. I don't remember. I don't remember be- I- Yeah, there I don't remember the fun fly being that bad other than the heat. I well, the heat, but you gotta look at it from our perspective. Well, no, I get that. This this fun fly got talked up big time and then we drove eighteen hours. I don't know what happened because the year before it was a good I mean, there were I don't you know, I just don't know if they so, pushed it or I don't know what the deal was. Well, we de- I mean, we definitely still flew the fun fly. It's because Mike I'm Ford sure was fun there. was had. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, that did. It's awesome. Awesome flying. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I just. Let me add, though, that was a freaking fun podcast to record. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, that's right. Hurt in the bag full of oh, penises. Right. I forgot all <laughs> Recording right in the. <laughs> See, there, right, I, there I remember listening to that. That was, that was good. good that came out of it. Yeah, that's right. Right in the I, miniature oh, aircraft shop. In the shop. True. The, that's cool. That, yeah, you know what? Oh, man. The fun fly was miserable, but that recording, being able to sit there in the middle of the machine shop. Mm-hmm. 
where they, you know, where miniature aircraft was made every day. That was pretty cool. That's true. So maybe a little bit of a silver lining, but overall, it still remains. A <laughs> overall, it sucks. And not so pleasant. <laughs> and having a band, <laughs> they like ban nitros. Yeah, well, and we couldn't put the generators on the ground, or oh yeah, that's right. It was just, they're like no combustion engines near the grass that could literally catch on fire by looking at it. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so yeah, that Can't that was a glasses, hot just in case. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> light the whole field on fire so then on the other hand my positive experience would have to just be you know, just as a fun fly in general the rchn2 or i guess the you know both of the rchn fun flies and just thoroughly you know and for us it's a little bit different right because we get to see those fun flies from a little bit different angle because the other fun flies were going as a pilot we register and immediately it set things up. We're hanging out, having a good time, um, getting things started. For that fun fly, there's a lot more work that goes into it, both up front and then while we're at the event, you know, just more commitments and things that take up our time while we're there. So it's slightly different for us, but talk about just pure fun and enjoyment. And then the kind of enjoyment that I get personally, and I'm sure you guys get as well, when you see other people enjoying your event that you've worked so hard on um, and having that much fun at your event and that we could provide um, that type of environment to where you know, guys are just kick, kicking back and having a great time and everyone's getting involved and everyone's having fun. So yeah, thinking, thinking about those experiences, it definitely makes me excited um, you know, this year as that fun flies approaching because I just... I know it will live up to that again. So what do you think? Should we wrap this one up? I think so, I think dude. we should. I think so. Before we do that, though, we should probably do some emails. Mm. Nick, why don't you uh, give me your email? I might want to send you some. We should, might. Or some pornos, yes, at, please. pictures at least. Maybe uh, pictures of my cat. Pass. You want a picture of my cat? I do not want You don't want a picture of my pussy? Cat. That oh, did I go there? I did. What's your email, dude? Give it to me. Nick at rchelionation.com. Justin? Justin at rchelionation.com. Imagine that. Jesse? Can you guess it? Yes. It? it is uh, <laughs> Jesse. Cool Hand Luke at, at <laughs> I don't give a shit.com. Is that, is that what it is? Ah, you're, you're close. close. How about how about we try Jesse at rchelionation.com? Sounds, sounds reasonable. I'm Dan. You can reach me at mm-hmm. Dan at rchelionation.com. Dan can read on the forums. You got a question about your citizen stuff. Maybe you've we've had a few questions about lost cards. Um, you know, send those to Ken because he will be able to answer them. Not necessarily. We're going to have to do some digging about. We've got a couple. Well, I've got a couple. Um, questions about lost cards um don't know we don't know we're just gonna have to look into it he's he's the guy he'll dig that information up but if you got a shirt question citizen card registration hat question maybe you want to see something else on the on the store give him a call he's gonna get back to you very very quickly and we do appreciate the help that uh that ken is doing for us there it's ken at rchillination.com I, I just want to, because I missed last week, I want to talk just briefly about how cool it is to be back on Heli Freak. Um, it, it's, 
I couldn't be happier. I'm finding that, like Jesse mentioned earlier in the show, I'm actually like, I'll be just like, I'm going to see what's happening. And just, it feels kind of strangely like it's reminding me of when I first got into the hobby, when I just spent so much time combing through those forums. And I kind of, it's, it's nice. It's nice to be back. And I just can't thank Jim enough for uh, allowing us back and giving us our little corner and for the participation that we've seen already. It's fantastic. There it is. I think I've only used it once this time. Yep. It's awesome, dude. Feels great. I couldn't. Yeah. And thanks everyone for letting Jim know just by responding. Yeah. For letting Jim know how cool it is. I mean, that's the feedback that uh, uh, we were hoping for and it's, it's just yeah. awesome. So, uh, Facebook, it's another way to kind of find out what we're doing. And, uh, of course, our little, our listeners corner on Heli Freak, pay close attention there. We're going to be posting a lot of stuff in there. Um, so I, I, I love it that a listener came up with a thread called show topic ideas. That is awesome. Yeah. And there are a lot of good ones. Yeah, in absolutely. There too, dude. And we are, if you just put it in there because we've all read them. And we are listening, and we will, we will comb through those. And it's fantastic to give us ideas. God damn it! Did it again. Shit. <laughs> it's great to get those ideas, and we'll run with them. So, who knows? Your idea may soon be uh, something we talk about on the show. Oh, reality. Yes. Well, this about wraps it up, guys. This is episode 193. See there? Got my cheat sheet right in front of me. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Adios. Later, guys. Take it easy. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, and Spartan Flybarless Systems. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send us an email.